need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We were at Steve Kim. Got Trent in the cut. What up, what up, what up, man? The real Coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Run like something to prove Came to a conclusion that it's crazy. Man, I'm ready to get it. Smitty and JB. JB and Smitty from West Coast to your side. Worldwide, we in your city. Keep it one bitty. We never change what happened. Hurdle Lincoln. In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson here. Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that store. You gotta be marketable. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much, dude. Are you mixing light and dark at 11 a.m.? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown, kill the ass around. We want the game to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we kill the ass around. We want the game to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. What up, what up, what up? The Co Real Coach JB here, man, for the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. We are proud to announce we have a new ad sponsor, and that is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports DFS platform in North America. We are one of the easiest and most exciting ways to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more. Then or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work, you ask? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Price Picks projection, you will win. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes college football. We're about to start up. Pro hockey, pro basketball, pro football. NFL season is here. Plus pro baseball, pro golf, men's college basketball, NCAA tournament, plus women's college basketball, soccer, women's pro basketball, esports, pro car racing, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, you name it, we got it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Prize Picks does it all. And I just got to be honest, dog. I started doing prize picks, and I won instantly. And that's why I am endorsing prize picks to the fullest right here on the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. Go to prizepicks.com backslash Coach JB and use Coach JB as the promo code for a first deposit match up to $100. So go to prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and use code Coach JB for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the best betting app online in North America. Go get it and do what Coach JB and Big Smitty does every day. We bet prize picks. Head on over there, prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and get you $100 match right now. Appreciate you. Peace.
level, went all the way back to my roots and coached at Long Beach Poly. High school was a head coach there. Was at uh, the New York Giants in 2017 and then, you know, college for four years and had opportunities to leave and go to other organizations. I decided not to. Um, the short story, the matter of fact, is I grew up in Compton, California. I was born a Raider. I was born with the Raiders rolling in the Coliseum in L.A. I was rolling with NWA, talking straight out of Compton, <laughs> rocking Raider hats. So when the opportunity came to work with Josh and Pat Graham and Dave, I jumped on it. So that's what set me up for this. I was born this way. What up, what up, what up, what up? Compton in the building. We are here. Coach A.B. Show with Big Smitty. And it ain't without further ado. My main man, Far East Side, Naptown's finest, Fox Sports speak. Ball State legend. Faulty hairline, LeBron-esque, my main man, Big Smitty. Yeah, now that's how you introduce a real one, man. How you doing, JB? You got the Compton shirt on. You know what, I, what I'm rocking right now, man. Warren Central Warriors, Dub C, Black and Gold, Far East Side, baby. You know how we get down, man. How you doing? I had to give a shout out my boy AP, Antonio Pierce, Compton's finest, grew up, you know, same street, same block. A lot of legends, a lot of legends from my street. I'm just going to tell you. I see. Uh, AP's out there getting it in. Max Crosby's hyped. I'm trying to work a special interview as we speak right now. Um, we're trying to work some things and get this thing going. But AP's going to do his thing. Um, at least have them, th have them boys hyped up, ready to run through a wall. That's at least what he'll do. Uh, but like I said, just a few, just a few years ago, we were coaching against each other across the way. And then, uh, right, and right. Then he goes to Arizona state, a little bit of controversy as everyone will, will mention probably first before anything, of course, cause that's what the social media keyboard cowards do. But you know what? Hey man, I don't hate and salt anyone's game. He's, he's coaching still. He's out there. He's balling. He's doing his thing. I'm sitting right here. Come on now. Hey, man, shout out to Coach AP. You know what I mean? We're going to bring him in here on here. Hopefully, we get him on here. Tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday. We'll uh, hit up my girl, Heidi, again, who covers the Raiders, uh, right there on the top Hi of the Hi, She's been on the show before. I'm going to get her on. Um, so, we'll see what's cracking. We'll get it going. Uh, a lot going on, though, dog. Um, it's a lot going on, JB. I'm jumping on today. We're going to talk about... You know, all things college football, what he thinks about the rankings. We're going to break down tonight's football matchup. Um, we got a lot going on. But first of all, I got to just pay homage to one of the greatest coaching legends of all time that I got privileged to watch. That's why I'm wearing the red, by the way, too. Plus, I love red. Plus, <laughs> change our C to a B. It's bumping. So here's the thing. Um, Bobby Knight, Bob Knight. Uh, Army's finest, West Point's finest, Indiana's finest, uh, no offense to Big Smitty. Uh, Bob Knight passed away at the age of 83 years old last night. And I want to play a clip of uh, just how real he is and how uh, honest he is. And that's why I'll never change, not just because of Bobby Knight, but there's only a couple of us left after, uh, after this legend passed away. But have a listen to some great stuff. I tried to, to, you know, in the last 
year or so tried to develop a, a much more harmonious relationship with the press. And there was probably a time when I'd have told you that was a horseshit question. <laughs> I won't do that today. Coach, uh, why do you say fuck so much? Well, I really don't think there's any word in the English language that expresses so many different things as the word fuck does. You know, you can use surprise. Well, I'll be fucked. You can use the word fuck to indicate anger. Fuck. Sound familiar? That was my favorite interview of all time, by the way. I keep that on the in the archives. Um, I've that's said on record that fuck is the best American word ever created, but that's just me. Um, gotta love it. Gotta love him. By the way, people always talk about, well, he won three championships. Coach Isaiah Thomas, probably the only all, I think he's the only all pro NBA player he ever had. Um, at IU, he, yes, at IU. But remember, he did also coach, I think, that 1984 um a little bit you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah but i'm sorry as far as the knock he has is people that he recruited that actually went on to the nba and were all-time great isaiah is the only one right right so my point to that is he was a college guy like this motherfucker developed and turned boys into men and if you ask anybody on those teams i believe like 11 of the 13 guys on the team were like either worked in a fortune 500 company, became an entrepreneur and became a millionaire or some successful ass life story. Um, so people don't realize and want to break it down. It's not just about how many guys went on and played, but remember this dude was a guy that a lot of cats were scared of as far as young kid. They didn't know what to expect. And uh, this dude was a, a, a legend, but people bring this up. Big Smitty, which people don't understand this guy, this guy, Won three titles, I know. Um, Seventy six, still, I believe, did one of the uh, one of the only modern day undefeated teams uh, to win it. Um, but they're like, well, all these he, they name all these coaches that are better. I'm like, you you do realize you're naming Mike Shashevsky, who Bob Knight coached and mentored. Yes, coached <laughs> him at uh, I think Army. I think Army uh, Coach K w w was like his captain, and then obviously he ended up being you know. Uh, yeah. Bobby Knight him. took over at West Point at 24 years old, and he inherited Coach K as a young point guard. Come and then now. basically ended up being his protege. By the way, at the same time, fucking Bill Parcells was there. So a lot of people don't even know. West Point put out major, major fucking dudes, and you wonder why three of those dudes are three of the best of ever do it in their respective sport. Um, but legendary guy, gone uh, far too early. Um, World Series sighting. I got to let's get to quote of the day. Let's start off. I got a poll question for you, Big Smitty. That I got to ask. Um, but quote of the day. I got deep today just because we lost a great one, and I had a, some uh, had some time to think about some great quotes. Uh, but this is one of my own personal favorites that I've always used. If we are not ashamed to think it, we should not be ashamed to say it. Mm. In honor of Bobby Knight, myself. I don't believe that's his quote. I don't know whose quote it is. I got it years ago. But that is why I say what I say. I think we're, we live too, like, on eggshells too much in life, and I don't think it's long enough to live. Uh, our lives aren't long enough to enjoy. So I said, fuck it. Be yourself. Say what's on your mind. Uh, if we're not ashamed to think it, we should be ashamed. We should not be ashamed to say it. Like, there's too many cats that think shit, and you can see right through them, or turn around and just straight up start talking shit behind your back. Five seconds after you leave. Right. Motherfucker, tell me my face. 
Like, I don't know, man. We're so scared to lose a job, lose a friend, lose a fan. I don't know. I'm just telling you. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. At least you know who I am. And if I lose you, at least I know right away instead of lose you 10 years later when I could have lost you 10 years sooner and saved a lot of fucking money, time, and effort. That's real. <laughs> uh, that's real. Contrary to belief, um, another one that's just a, this is just one, one little phrase I like to use. Um, never be afraid to raise your voice for honesty and truth and compassion against injustice and lying and greed. If people all over the world did that and would do it, it would change the planet Earth. Mm. It would change you know. Earth. Never be afraid to raise your voice for honesty. I get a knock, Big Smitty, because I my voice. That's really number one. Let's just keep it 100. Let's just keep it real. People think that, but anyone that knows, if you, Smitty, inner yeah. city, Raised, bred, hood cat, uh, myself, most people that I know, even cats I hang out with that aren't so stereotypically, let's say, black, uh, understand they're raised like me too. And voice being raised and loud voices is what we call barbershop banter. <laughs> right. It really means nothing other than it's barbershop banter. It's actually probably a stress reliever we talk shit we get loud we talk we mama jokes we're gonna talk shit about the, the homie whatever it may be the voice never meant anything to us nobody we i grew up around was ever scared of a fucking voice except for our daddy maybe I, right yeah. like, <laughs> i'm trying to figure out like when did the voice become so fucking like such a scare tactic? Everybody in my family loud. I mean, people say Darnell. I like I know I'm loud, but I'm not even the loudest in my family. You know what I'm saying? So like that's just what I'm. I'm just used to being around a lot of noise. So if you weren't you raised up when you heard a voice raised, didn't you? You also kind of deciphered the difference between the tone and what was being said. Like 100. My daddy yelled, talking shit. And I'm yelling back at him at 13, 14 years old because I knew the tone. I, right, right. He talking shit. He telling me we're clowning or yeah. we're talking sports or, or what. I was raised and knew early. Like, right. same with my big homies or whatever. Who I, I was raised early and knew. Um, like, do these cats not fucking know the difference? Like, they listen to my, they hear my tone and not my voice. Like, it's crazy. They don't hear the message anymore. They don't listen to the message. They hear the tone and it's like, Damn, you guys are some weak-minded cats, man. It's fucking unbelievable. Um, let me it's see. real. It's a different time, JB. It's a different time, man. The chat popping already. We've got almost 417 minutes. Make sure y'all hit that like button, man, and subscribe. You already kind of alluded to a little bit, JB. Texas Rangers got their first World Series W. Big-time win. World Series channel. They won the series, I think, 4-1. to one. Um, I mean, they had an amazing run here in, in uh in the playoffs and to finish it off with their first World Series. Obviously, salute to them. Uh, I know you and I, we ain't huge baseball guys, but we we respect winners. So, and so okay, good segue. Can I ask you the poll question then that I made perfectly? You didn't even know what it is because we never talk. We so Smitty and I do not like each other, we don't talk at all. So as soon as the show ends, we are straight up rivals. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you noticed. Have you seen our tweets, Instagram? Like, we talk shit to each other. Fuck you. We don't like each other at all. 
Right, so, like we really are racist. Like we're not really. Yeah, R A C C C I I I S S S is the name of the show, and I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. Which is proving to the world that you don't have to get along to have a successful business. We call it business. Yeah. Or show. Yeah, or show. So we don't know what we do. We we just throw shit at the wall and see what it sticks. Here's a poll question today. Since Smitty started this baseball talk does the world series deserve better mm, here's yeah. something I, I i saw and i brought up i wanted to bring up to everybody we had 13 nba games yesterday four hockey games and two ncaa football games one of them being your ball state were they all being played at the same time why does the world series which is the biggest game of their sport by the way texas ranger if i was a texas ranger i'd be pissed off that not Everyone was focused on the biggest game of our lives. Texas Rangers never have won a World Series championship. Um, mm. You know what? That's a good question, JB. But, like, I think the problem is it's not like a Super Bowl where there's one big game. No, it's like the NBA. It's, it's, it's a series. There's, there's other things going on. You don't really know when that series is going to end. There's no way to predict that. They could have lost last night in the series with a – kept going it would have been extended so it's hard to really schedule around that when you don't know when and how the, the series is going to end you know what i mean unfortunately for them baseball is damn near a year-round sport damn near and um the, the 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 playoffs and the real series ends at a time where it's middle of football season it's it's the start of the nba season which is our two main sports out here in america and it's kind of just hard to really like combat with that, you know, if I'm being honest. Like true baseball fans, I know was watching the World Series. Was I watching the World Series? No, I wasn't. I was keeping my eye, I was keeping my eye to it. I want to know what was going on, but I wasn't trying to like watch it last night. And I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I just think the only event really that that's like everybody's watching it is the Super Bowl because like you like you always said, JB, football games are an event. It's not just like a game, it's not like a you don't get that same vibe with basketball or baseball. You know what I'm saying? Because I think this, there's so many damn games play. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that baseball is too long, and I think if they did shorten it, like a lot of people have been asking for for, for years, the baseball, sh I think, should have ended right as football starts. Mm. Or at least as a NHL or NBA start. You got NFL right now, H NHL and NBA. Maybe not push it back as far as NFL. Let's push it back to October 24th. Right. Let's say it's still Mr. October. It's still is a fall sport. But let's start. Let's end the World Series before the NBA and NHL start, which basically is at the same time. Like, let's start right before the NBA season starts. Like, during preseason, we could be ending the Major League. And, and then that way, World Series people are going to watch baseball over – a major a, a NBA fucking preseason game in Vegas. Nah, that's true. That is true, man. It's, just, it's too much competition right now, man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, people already been complaining about baseball the last few years in general. Just the nature of the sport, the nature of the game. You know, it's you know baseball is that is that good old fashioned. Don't flip your bat. Don't you know what I mean? And with today's society, you know, a lot of people don't really like that. People people want want to see celebrations and want to see people showing out. So, I mean, you couple that with, with the time of the year that, that the sport is played and it just, um, 
it's like multiple factors that's kind of quote unquote against the baseball world and baseball sports. So I, I'm kind of with you. I think it would make it better if it just ended, you know, right before NBA started. So it's just not having so many outside, you know, options basically. Cause that's what it is. Just a lot of options, college football, NFL, NBA, you know, it's like, man, it's like, it's already, you know, during the middle of the damn week, two people got to go to work. It's just like, you know, baseball games be on, like I, I, I'll be at Fox at like, it'd be 1130 AM and I, and we'll, we'll turn the TV on to be a baseball game. Like in the playoffs, I'm like, damn, I'm like this. It's just like you can't even really even watch it because it's just games beyond all throughout the day. It's just it's just tough. They got so many games, J- JB, and I think cutting that down a little bit would make the sport better. You know what I mean? So, uh, T's and P's to our main man behind the scenes, Felipe. Uh, yesterday during the show, while he was live clipping Twitter for us, he had to run and drop everything. His wife uh, having the baby. And uh, right now she's at about seven and a half uh, uh, diameter, dilated. So um, T's and P's, make sure the wife has the baby clear and free. So right now we're down on Twitter for a few, uh, unless we get Ethan in here and get him on. Um, So just in case everybody wants to know. Um, But Felipe does a hell of a job behind the scenes. So is Bailey, my main man, Eric with the ranch, Ethan, everybody out there working for the show. Appreciate it. Shout out to Felipe. I I, I did not know that, JB. See, that's what I'm saying. JB not lying. Black, Black, though. I'm black, right, right. But Felipe, he may, he Mexican. He Mexican, he Mexican, but he may, you know. Oh, got you, got you, got you. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. That makes sense. That makes sense. Damn, see, me and JB, we really don't talk, y'all. I promise we don't talk. You know what I mean? We don't, like, I, mean, I went to his house a couple times. That was really just for, just, just for you know, views and clicks. And I, just, mean, I don't know. even know if I said anything to you. Right. My- the whole time. I was talking to the homies. I wasn't even really vibing with you. So, you know, it's what it is, man. As long, long as this show blow up and we, you know what I mean, we, we growing for the fans, that's all that matters, man. We ain't got to be friends. So, I am not tripping at all today, man. I know soon we got uh, our main man soon. T any Thursday, any T Rich Thursdays? It is T Rich Thursday. What you mean? And we no, gotta, no. we gotta, we're gonna talk about some stuff. Me and T Rich had a great conversation last night about a few things. It's like eye opening. Like wow. Plus, he's gonna give us some insight on the Bama LSU game this weekend, which is the biggest game on the slate. I'll be in Phoenix at Scottsdale. By the way, Pat and I will be at the NASCAR. Ooh, I'm hating. I'm jealous. Gonna be with our main man Chris Rice. Eric Weddle told me double down, like you gotta do it. It's unbelievable. Wooty woo. Eric Weddle's done it before. So I'm gonna go check it out. We're gonna do it. See what happens. Me and Pat might go Monday or Saturday and Sunday. We'll see. Y'all about to turn up, man. Y'all going racing. Y'all gonna go. Y'all gonna probably go to the club. Y'all gonna, y'all gonna cigar lounge. He gonna throw a party at the crib. You got Jordan, swimming pool, hot tub, sauna. Like, damn. Have a good time, y'all. Have a good you don't time. know about none of it. I don't know about <laughs> none of that, man. We don't talk. Racist. Pat, Pat don't even know me. He, he no. don't even know you got a brother as a co-host. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, Pat watches the show. He knows what's up. I He was laughing like a motherfucker. I dressed up like him yesterday or on, on Halloween. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Got a lot going on in this show, though. We got I want to start off, though. Will Levis, is he the future uh, of, of – is he going to be – some think he might be the guy that no one thought would be the guy who ends up being the guy for a team that had a guy that now may not be the guy ever again in life. 
Is he that guy? <laughs> he might be that guy, JV. He might be yeah, that guy. Yeah, let, me, let me break down what I just said because oh, I don't God. know if anyone – you should clip this in to ESPN because it's the best thing ever. Here's the thing. You, hire, you sign these guys, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, all these guys went ahead of this guy. Right. And this guy – who had the nice blonde girl who I who I've talked to several times was going to come on the show. I've, I've been cool with the guy for a few years. Will Levis. Is this the guy that ends up being the guy when all the other guys said that these other guys would be better than this guy? Is this the guy that may be better than all those guys, even though all the guys said this ain't the guy? I mean, my guy, the thing about this guy is that he did ball out in his first time on the field. And a lot of the other guys did not ball out in their first game. Or if they did ball out, they didn't really ball out to the the level that this guy balled out. So, I mean, first impression is everything. And he went out there with a lot of confidence. I mean, this guy threw for four touchdowns, was throwing it down the field, big-time plays to DeAndre Hopkins. Made it look easy, too, just, you know, throwing on – on time, you know, etc. So now again, man, I I do want to pump the brakes because as we always say, man, on this show, once teams get a playbook on you and they kind of understand, like, okay, this this is how he operates, this is what he likes, this is where he's uncomfortable. That's when we'll really learn more about this guy. But as of right now, if you're a Tennessee fan, this guy is I mean, he he's hot, you know. You know, you should be excited for your future because at least you know that the Titans are trying to find the guy because the previous guy was not the guy. I'm going to go out on a limb and talk about this guy. I don't think he's the guy. Mm. So I just got to break everybody's bubble and come out and tell everybody he's just another guy. We call Jags. And I love his upside. I love it. I love everything about, uh, you know, what he's doing, big-time arm and all those things. Made a couple great throws. Aaron Rodgers pointed out a couple big throws across the hash, across his body. Listen, we never doubted his arm. We knew his arm was different. He's strong as hell. He looked like yeah. me. I just, once the book's out again, another book out on another rookie. Um, like, have you seen, like, I'm just looking around the college landscape. We'll break down some games today. But have you seen, like, some of the starting QBs that are going to be facing each other this weekend? Ooh, I'm going to look it up right now. So, like, I believe you got Kenny Pickett versus Will Levis. Is Pickett even playing? Is he playing? I don't even know. You got Tyson Tyson Bajant versus Derek Carr. You got fucking, uh, 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 you got Ritter. I think, oh, it's Ritter not even started. Heineke versus, uh, is it, Do- is it Dobbs now for the Vikings? No, it's fucking the rookie. Oh, uh, uh, from Penn State? Whoever it is, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know no more. Like, who gives a fuck? But no, listen, this conversation is actually, the, is actually proving your point. We don't know who the fuck is playing no more, JB. No shit. I don't know who's starting. What do I know? (laughs) Who the fuck is playing each other now? So we got these QBs that nobody knows that are about to be playing each other. Again, my point. 
why are we paying dudes astronomical amounts of money? We don't even fucking play. Jaron Hall, Jaron Hall, I believe, is one of them. He's going to be Clifford fucking Big Red Dog. Heineke's in. Um, Will Levis. Miss you. So here's my take. So we got too many guys out there. We don't know. Just another guy. There's just Jags everywhere. Jags everywhere. It's mediocrity is a new excellence. We're going to just a couple, you know, there'll be a book out. I, I, I w- if I have to be a bet, if I'm a betting man, like I seriously would bet a lot of money tonight. So I got a lot of money taken out of my account yesterday. That's another story. Right. Anyway. Right. That's a whole nother story. You know, you uh, might have made a call, JB. In this world. Pussy? For sure. New pussy. (laughs) And IRS. Is that what it was, I mean? The IRS is also undefeated. I found out I had some money to take it out of my account straight out on Halloween. I couldn't buy any of the kids' candy. That's why I put the note up, just so I'm letting you know the truth. So, you know, I had a few, you know, a couple big bags taken out of my account. And, you know. Are you good now? Or are they going to keep on? It's gone. It's gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's you know, the I mean, hey, you know. Is it a one-time thing, or are they gonna keep reaching the pot? Yeah, here's the thing. Let me just keep it real, cause I tell if it's on my mind, I just said it on the call of the day. If I can think it, then I should have the nuts to say it. Even though most cats won't come out and tell their personal business, here's a personal business. Apparently, I owed some money to a state that I used to live in called Kansas. Fucking Kansas, of all things, five years later, it's got me. Mm-mm-mm. So I now need a JB Hood Fund. So see what I'm saying? We need all you guys, man, not only to get Smitty out just because Smitty straight broke. I need to get it now just to recoup my cost to the state of Kansas because I think Patrick Mahomes and then made a call. <laughs> Let's keep it real. Ooh. Let's keep it real. They, they're I trying to attack us. I think Kelsey and them – Got with the tax guys and can JB? Can you look up JB? And because you was talking shit about Taylor Swift, it's the yeah. Swifties. Swifties, it's the Swifties. Bro. Bro, they they hit me. They hit me. I'm lucky. I, you know, I'm up a little bit in life, so I, you know, it was a big chunk, big chunk. But uh, nah, Sean, he came over to uh, like Shawnee. Uh, mission or something and, and, and called. He was on the Kansas side, Sean, when he did it. Uh, <laughs> That's cold. Uh, blooded. That's cold blooded, JB. I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm sorry. I'm glad you 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 in a position where you you still good, but it's still like don't nobody want a big chunk of money coming out the account unexpectedly. That's the worst type of bread. I'm actually dealing with my fucking yeah. no notice. Never got right. a note. Right. Never got a piece of mail. Never got nothing. By the way, by the way, let me tell you a little more story. Want to know some real more? Let me sip my tea. So I got one of my cars, one of my trucks. I got it back yesterday. Um, And, you know, it's out-of-state tags, and I had it in storage. I brought it out of storage. So I went and got it tagged. 1,200. California registration. 1,200 to get it tagged here. 
So basically, I lost some cool amount of cheeses to get some things done. Yeah. Yeah. I still got my my energizer. So anyway, the story is, it's back to the Coach AB show. Uh, Make sure that uh, (laughs) I need all the chat money now. Free black, pay Kansas. Um, yeah. Big Smitty ain't getting no percentage now, y'all. $25 going straight to Coach JB's account. So if you love Coach JB, hey, man, hook him up. Don't worry about the Smitty Hood Fund today. Let's make sure we take care of the JB uh, Kansas IRS Fund. Let's, let's get him $1,000 today in super, in super Chat so he can get back in a good position. If everybody in the chat threw what? A $150. You know, like you be in a good spot. Shit, we be we be good for a few months. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> through 150. Shit, <laughs> you know Eddie Manyweather. If I if there was if there's six there's 600 people in here right now. If 559 of them would 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 do it, Eddie Manyweather would be the one that didn't do it because he, 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 he had a He don't have it. That's the thing about Eddie. That, that's why I don't, you know, we joke with him, but I don't get too mad because I know he, I know he, he at work right now. He grinding. He gonna get done with work. He gonna walk over to the bus, the bus station, hop on the bus, take that to breakfast, get his breakfast sandwich, walk to the crib, go in. You know what I mean? Like he a hood cat. So that's why, even though Eddie be saying some crazy shit, I respect Eddie though because I can relate to that, man. I've been evicted. I, I, I live, I've lived with my best friend when I was a young kid and other kids on the bus. At, Smitty, why you over here on this day? Why you over here on the, I, I had to lie. Like, I've been through certain situations, you know what I'm saying? Cringy when the show starts begging for money. Andy Provincio, put your face, your picture a little closer. What do you got a picture of? It's like guns in the background desk? or something. You got the picture. I think the picture is uh, the desk where I squirted you out under. I think the desk is where I shot you out, motherfucker. By the way, I will buy your whole life. Stop fucking with me. Shut up. I don't need your motherfucking money. Um, uh, <laughs> motherfucker, IRS just took more money than you made in a fucking year yesterday. <laughs> and I ain't tripping. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let them know, JV. Let them know. Motherfuckers act like, man, these motherfuckers out there motherfucking mind. Motherfucker has a desk picture. <laughs> JB said, "At least be branded up if you gonna talk some shit. At least, at least have some have some paper to you. You gonna talk some shit." <laughs> Ron, crazy. Look at Ron. That picture. He got a fucking walrus on the ground. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, a lot man. of mid that y'all like to say mid QBs um, this weekend starts tonight. <laughs> Starts tonight. We're going to find out. We're going to find out tonight what's happening with this uh, Will Levis thing and all this old shit. So we're getting into that. We're going to get into all that. Um, yes, sir. Should be a big we got a lot to discuss, though. I got, there's a lot going on here. The poll question was about the Major League Baseball. That's done. Baseball's over. Um, we switched a little bit to our NBA counterparts as the NFL hits the midseason point. Um. The Lakers finally beat Marcellus's Clippers during the regular season. 11 straight losses to the Clippers, the JV team, I like to call them. Um, Came back in the second half, man. I didn't watch it, Smitty. I didn't watch it at all. You know why I didn't watch it? 
Because we can't fucking watch it out here. Now, bro, hold on, time out, bro. Make that make sense. I'm flicking the channels. My homeboy, shout out to my brother, F.A. He's tuning in right now. You know, I was talking to him before the game came on. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the crib, turn on the Lakers and Clippers game. I'm like, okay, bet. I said, I'm going to watch that too. So after Ball State, the game the game went off, whatever. You know, I, I I did an episode of The Porch last night, which will be dropping today. Make sure y'all tune in to The Porch. Um, I, I tried to turn on the Lakers game, and fucking, I can't find it. So I, 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 I Googled it. I'm like, okay, what channel is it on? Is it Spectrum? Is this and that? It said the game is not available in your area. In my area, I live in L.A. Right now, I'm in downtown L.A. I hey, weren't walk. you like up the street from the game? I could walk to Staples and it you said the game's not on in my area. <laughs> you probably should have walked to this game. <laughs> That's wild, uh, man. That's wild. Baby girl, much love to baby girl in white. Shout out to you. you. My world. Um, appreciate you, baby girl in YC. A big 50. That's what I'm saying. Everybody throw 50. I might, I might, I might leave right today. I might leave. I might quit today. Is James Harden affiliation with the Illuminati and all the babies, little baby, big baby, big fat baby, small fat, short baby, all the babies and Kanye and all that? Is it a lot? Is it making the NBA owners forced to trade him every time he wants traded? I wouldn't be shocked if that motherfucker asked for a trade tomorrow and goes to another team. There's never been a cat that has demanded more trades and actually got exactly what he got wanted. He's a now, great I'm, kidding with I'm kidding with the Illuminati shit and all this, but damn, does he have dirt on some motherfuckers? Or what? He's a great salesman, man. Like this motherfucker can sell water to a well because he knows how to get from one place to another. This motherfucker, he might be, he might be the new age Christopher Columbus because this motherfucker can find new land and he will claim it and he will move to the next spot. I'm going to start calling this man James Christopher Columbus Harden because he goes somewhere for two years, takes over and leaves, go get somewhere else, fucks that up, leaves, go here and fucks that up and leave. I don't know what's going on with James Harden. I was a longtime fan of his, him as a player because I think him at his prime was one of the all-time great scores that we have ever seen. But it's like, dog, you ain't happy nowhere. You had you, a, you, had you, you, had you a thick shorty. She wasn't good enough. Had you a tall, keep you a long leg, she wasn't good enough. Had you a short one, folks, she didn't good enough. Had you a big body biz, you didn't like the way she she did her thing. What do you want? You had you a cocaine, you had a one girl, you had a man girl. My girl. No matter, what, what do you want from me? I don't get it. But you ain't, are you going to take, to, are you gonna switch up and take the other pill that I've been on? Are you gonna finally start taking that pill and realize that y'all generations are gonna fucking soft? Nice. I mean, I'm just saying, if you gonna figure out that these motherfuckers are soft, have you figured out? Let me see. Danny Sanchez, want to know truth story? Since you talking shit, James Hardy went to my high school, bitch. Oh. Number one, bitch. Number two, let's be clear here. Did you know? I'm not saying this is true, but this is a true poll, Big Smitty. This is a true poll. Yeah. Did they, they took a poll on Facebook. Most popular person from your school. You know the motherfuckers voted me? 
over James Harden and Ed O'Bannon. What? When? When Netflix was on. Oh, damn. And everybody sent it to me, and I'm like, motherfucker, I ain't more famous than fucking James Harden. I said, this shit is crazy. I'm just fucking with Danny. I know Danny's a loyal member of the show. I was about to say, I'm like, I'm like don't do Danny like that. I- no, 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 no. I, I, I'm just, I was just saying, bitch. Like, but I was about to gang. I was about to, I was about to bang on you. I was about to bang on you. True story, though. But in all theory, Harden did go to my school. <laughs> um, I'm older. <laughs> you old and I did. You ain't old. I was voted most popular. You're not older. You old. You know what I, I mean? Like most popular. <laughs> I was voted more old, motherfucker. You old, popular, old. Yeah, I was voted more popular. <laughs> Look at you. I was popular. Come on, no popularity test. Somebody care about no popularity test. Hold on, I'm watching T. Rich in the background get set up for the show. He got a new studio or something cracking or something. Bro, he got a little get. He got a Gatorade sponsor in his hand. Look like or a Mountain Dew sponsor. He got a goat sponsor. He looked like. He got a damn. Yeah, his house. His ceilings look tall in the background, don't they, JB? T- Come on, T. Rich. T- laughing Rich. and shit. What's going on? T. Rich on, man. T. Rich Thursday, man. What's going on right now, man? Big money T. Rich. Hey, man, I'm trying to get them together, man. Listen, I got something for their ass today, JB. We talking hey. about a team. We talking about a team. They done stunk it up. I got this older band for their ass. I'm going to give them a couple sprays and F's for now. I got some of that old school spray, that old school rainbow. That's that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Weed, cigars, take away throw up, take away stanky booty, take away badussy. Uh, the badussy, if you got a girl in the front seat that you you pick up at the at the club and you want to take to the crib and then she smells like badussy, she's been dancing all night, she got a big booty, but she got a lot of sweat in those crevices, you spray that. Hey, that's what that for. It kills that it all. Smitty, we putting you up on something, Smitty. Hey, Smitty, too young. Yeah. Hey, T Rich, he just dive into the Badussi. <laughs> What's it called again? Badussi. Mainbo. Yeah, listen. Where can I buy from? Dollar Tree, Family Dollar? What can I get it from? Hey, hey, hey. This the corner store. That's it. Okay. Come on now. Mainbo. Come on now. Hey. That's the married day. Hey. Dwight Howard like that spray. There's a lot Ooh. of people that like that spray. Um, we got to go. We got something straight out the jump, though. I got a, I got a show. T. Rich, you got a son that's different. I don't know. Hey, I, I smell that shit right now. I'm smelling it through the. <laughs> you got a kid. You got a son that I think is a little different. Marcellus Wiley got a son I think is different. Uh, baby Gronk, he, just he's just a jag, just another guy. Um. Your kid is different. I got to be honest. And I don't know if people realize the shit he's doing right now, but we're going to dive into what we had a conversation about. But take a look at this, everybody. (laughs) See what his kid does on a daily basis. So he did something. So you could talk us through what he did the other day. He did a two-hand cat. That motherfucker, one-handed shit. With a broke, with a broke thumb right there. Broke hand. That that kid right there, man, he's so special, bro. I I can't say enough about him, man. And I try to, you know, try to keep him humble. And he's so quiet and and smart. Man, but I try not to brag as as much, man. But I can't, man. You know, he he grabbing the back shoulder, making tackles on defense, first play of the game. He making people fumble. 
So wait up. He made a catch yesterday, the other day, and you went over there and like patted him down, and he was like, like whatever, this normal shit. Man, I went. I said, you know, I said to my running back because it was a halfback pass. That's what happened, right? I said, good throw, boy. Yeah, coach, you see how I do this? This is what we do. I look at TJ. I said, good catch. He said, well, damn, man. You know, I ain't no appreciate your pops. So, your mother could just look at me like this. Excuse my language. Okay. Damn. He might be, hey, he might get that mama mentality. He might get that MJ mentality. You might got MJ. You might got like a different breed in your household right now, T. Like, this is different, Trent. It's different. All right, T. I don't know. I don't put your personal business out there, but the thing we talked about is there's a segue to this conversation. And I got to. I'm going to make it a bigger picture because your kid, how old is he? He just turned 11 two weeks ago. He turned 11. How many NIL offers he got? He said, I, mean, I just tell you right there. He's 11-year-old, got NIL offers already. My point to you is, and I don't even want you to dive into personal business, is this becoming an issue on the larger global scale of things when it comes to what's happening in college football is my question, I guess, because what we're seeing right now at Colorado, they got their shit stolen. We got we got all this shit going on. All the, the, the people want to want to make sure people know what they got. Is this a problem at 11 to already start to take it as a daddy? I'm like, shit, bring that money. No question. As a Sports fan and fanatic and coach, are you seeing an issue? Because you and I both came from a different era where we had to, like, you know, earn it, grind, struggle, and then hopefully get a scholarship that we liked. Nowadays, it seems like Cats is coming at them, fuck, at 11. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, these cats are getting not only NIL deals at this age, they're getting offers. Like, my nephew Blaze, like, they don't offer they don't got him offers already. Like, you know, like Baby Grunk's supposed to have a couple offers. Like, you know, it's crazy. But when you're using these kids' face and name and likeness, especially at that age, like it's crazy. Like you, you, you let them families benefit off that deal. Well, I, you know, I, I put that stuff in a trust. And but I get the other side of it too. Like the love and the passion for the game is just not the same, man. Like. Yeah. It's free agency everywhere now, man, and it's crazy, but it's starting in Little League. And so these parents now need to be tightened up on financial stuff. They need to be taught financial lick. They need to be getting some real good people that's been been in that situation where, well, shoot, we only played a couple of years or we got hurt in the NFL and, you know, we can guide them. Like, they need some guys like Bo Jackson, me, you know, people that – been playing for a long time. We can get Mark in there. We can get Julio, you know, to tell them how do you stay successful? How do you stay healthy? What to put in your body? Because if that stuff, if you get hurt, or these kids get too much attention to where they don't want to do this stuff and they get older, you're killing the game for them because it's a job. I, I, I talked to Blaze and his daddy too. They reached out uh, with that Gronk thing. I'm going to get them on the show too. I talked to Blaze and his kid and I, I looked at his film for him, for his pops and stuff. They seem cool. Um, I know you guys are related. I, I got to get him on the on the show. I know Eddie George does financial lit uh, for major corporations, and I know being from that alumni, the, the, not only you know Heisman, but the, the the running back world that you guys are so tightly knitted. 
Like, is he a guy that you would reach out to, Eddie, to say, hey, could we get our kids maybe start that up with the younger ones? Like, hey, this is an NIL financial lit shop for kids from and their mamas and daddies, really, from 11 on, I guess, because shit, your kid getting offered shit. There's probably younger ones. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie would be definitely somebody I try to reach out to with that man because he's a smart guy, be a real good stuff with his money. Um, and, and you know, we're talking about Eddie. I mean, come on now, we're talking about Eddie. On, <laughs> Everybody man. know what he was to the league. Everybody it's know <laughs> his, his, yeah, his legacy, you know, um, especially be a taller back too, man. Like, and they're playing the lead as long as he did. Like, that was something different, you know. Um, like him and Fred Taylor, those type of guys. We talking about running backs. Those guys I looked up to, and you know I have I have went to uh, to uh, Eddie and got some advice about financial lit, some stuff that I need to you know help on, and you know I didn't understand. But like what people don't realize, like it's a group. It's only a, a tough, a smart group of us, a tough group of us that will really help out. And we try to you know keep this a brothership and you know family with everything. But man, like people need that guidance, especially these younger cats, man. We gotta be able to put back in our community and get them. Um, that's how we gotta get back, you know, with, with our experiences. We got to, if we don't, we're gonna be in trouble. Cause yeah, think about it, these kids are the future. Cause shit, shoot, once you get 30 and above, you ain't the future no more, you know what I'm saying? So you think about it, you know, they'll tell you while you in high school and college and I mean, little lead or middle school, they'll tell you, hey, you are the future of the day. Turn 30. We're looking for the next future of the day. You get what I'm saying? Hey, so, this, is, this is a perfect segue, Smitty. I uh I gotta ask you guys something. Um, because we're having we're having this happen way too much too often. And I'm asking a guy like T Rich, who has connections to other folks in the profession that have big platforms, big names. I don't know if you guys saw this, but you got a baby on the way up the ranks. Always aren't, he's not always in your sight. I'm sure he plays games and, and you're not there around or practice or something, even though you may be there for, for him. But for most parents, probably not. The big fear for me to see buddies of mine's kids and so forth, we had a tragedy occur and I haven't seen shit about it really. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what can be done from cats like, you know, big name NFL, NBA guys that are relevant right now who have a platform i don't know if you saw this but a young vegas kid was shot and murdered in halloween night two nights ago trick-or-treating uh cats pulled out the whip took off mask for halloween and gunned this kid down um regardless of what it was for i have no idea i don't know if the kid was banging i don't know if the, i don't know shit about the situation all i know is there's a kid that was lost a kid had an opportunity he was all he was uh i believe he was a scholarship player uh meaning he had offers to continue to play at the college level he's gone we've lost him what how do we be how are we getting proactive in this whole thing um, I guess is my question to you instead of reactive. Because all I, I'm tired of seeing is the LeBron tweets. And, and I'm not using LeBron just to pick on LeBron, but it's it's he's the biggest name that does it. A lot of these cats come out after the fact and are reactive. Man, teasing peace to the Kings. and But I never see the proactive tweet. Like, man, can we stop this shit? What we're doing in these inner cities of Chicago, Detroit, Louisiana, LA, you know, New Orleans. All these different spots. Can is there anything to be done? And I just wanted to bring it up because we're the realest show on planet Earth. 
what what do you guys both think? Black males in an influential position. Who can we get to start making a noise about this shit? Because it's starting to become like worse and worse and worse. I mean, it's getting bad. I mean, it's unfortunate because, I mean, I don't know if there is an actual solution to just stop it. I don't know if it'll ever just stop because being real, man, a lot of this violence happens in, in these low-income communities where, you know, these brothers, being real, my people, you know, grow up in these scenarios and they, uh, you know, feel like they have no way out, which I don't believe, but this is the mindset that gets created, you know, at a young age because, of you know, they daddy wasn't at home or what you know wasn't eat maybe he was at home but he wasn't present you know what i'm saying and mom got to work two jobs just to maintain so that leaves the kids to kind of raise themselves and they're out in the streets and you know trying to um you know uh find value in in, in the hood versus finding value within themselves on a bigger and larger scale because to them the hood is everything to them. Their their small community is everything because that's all they've ever known. That's all their family family has ever known. And it always takes like that one person to kind of just be different to get that family trajecting in a different in different route. But a lot of times, until you decide that you're going to be that guy, you end up falling down the same path and lane that all your peers and family members have have already done before you. And I just think it just sucks, man, because now you're seeing a lot. So many young kids are, are getting shot getting killed getting hurt you know what i'm saying just you know on the daily back home in indianapolis man like it, it's gotten really bad over the last few years like you know i always represent the far east side because that's what that's what born and right that's what i'm born and raised and that's what raised me but it's tough sometimes if i'm being honest because man like I, i'm always hearing these stories talk to my family talk to my mom it's like every other week it's like a teenager didn't shot somebody somebody didn't got killed somebody like has gotten hurt you know prayers up i mean my I'll tell y'all. So I have, I have a little cousin who just went to college at uh, Indiana State, and um, it was she was at like a homecoming party like two weeks ago, and a fucking shooting went out. You know, broke out. Everybody started to run. You know, of course, because you know there's, there's gunfire going out. My cousin, she's a skinnier like girl. She ends up tripping because it's so much chaos. Everybody's running, and she kind of gets trampled, and you know her, her ankle got all jacked up. Her so-called friends, from what I'm, I heard, left. So she, you know, got thank you. She's okay. Went to the hospital. Got cleaned up. She's okay. She and she's still here to tell her story. But this, this is one of plenty of examples of people of uh, just violence amongst young people. And I don't know if it's just like the OGs that didn't do a good job of passing along the message. But I feel like even back in the days when, because it's always been violence. But I feel like back in the days, it just was some more rules it was more like i don't know more guidance behind it i'm not i'm not saying it was it was still it was a good thing but at least it was like some structure now man these young dudes is out here just just shooting everywhere they don't care who get hit it can be a baby a kid a grandma a mama and i don't know what the solution is jb so I, I, before t rich says something i gotta i got here's it's so deep i don't think people realize how deep it is and the influence that we used to have mentors, coaches, uh, you know, big big brothers or whatever you want to call them. We we don't have that anymore. And back in the day, even though I grew up in Compton, which in the 80s was the worst city in America, um, there were still rules. Like, we used to call cats out and take cat fair ones all the time. There was no sneaking up unless it was straight up, true gangbang uh, scenarios. Cats used to call out, have fair ones. Um, nowadays 
when you lose, I guess, a mentor, a father figure, or uh, a, a, someone telling you that this thing isn't all just given to you for free without you earning it, um, when you lose that part of America uh, culture, I believe it goes to the cowardly acts, which you see on social media every day. We've we've become accustomed to calling a, a man a bitch on Twitter because he knows he can't get slapped in the fucking mouth. Right. And you don't think that translates to these streets when they driving by and just pull a trigger at anybody. It's the same shit. And this is a fact. They're trying to keep dudes like myself out of these babies lives. Mm. Let that sink in. Cats like me who have never had a cat get smoked under my watch, go to jail or get kicked out of a four year went after leaving me. They're keeping us out. You got stat that guys roaming the sidelines. Now you got these dudes, Josh McDaniels, who the players don't even want to listen to at all. Now you hire Antonio Pearson and fucking locker rooms like this now. Like, fucking, let's go. Like, the shit is crazy, but nobody realizes this shit? Like, there's a true correlation, dog. It's real shit. I don't understand why folks just can't grasp that concept. So, I don't T. know. Rich, I'm sorry. I know I, I know. I was long-winded, my brother. Uh, what's, your, what's your take on this? You know, being a black man yourself, being a father of, you know, a, of a young black boy growing to be a man, it's what's your take on all that? You know what, man? Y'all... You know, y'all hit it right on the head, bro. You know, I can only piggyback off what y'all was saying, man, because y'all, it's crazy, man. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, 2021, uh, my nephew, I don't know if y'all heard about the story of the kid from Kennesaw State. Uh, that's my brother's son. He went home for 4th of July weekend to go see his mom. He wasn't even at home for four hours. And he went and seen some friends. Uh, but him pulling off and getting to a stoplight, uh, they thought his car, somebody else thought his car was some, some, somebody else's car. Mm. And they unloaded 55 times on that kid. And that boy, that baby got hit 14 times, 14 to 16 times, something like that. And he was actually calling my brother as this was going on. And it's crazy, bro, because this kid was a smart guy. He was about to transfer to UAB to be a doctor because he didn't need football. He, he man got green eyes. Mm. The, the kid got, uh, he was active in everything. The coaches loved him. The kid could have been a model, you know, I mean, but he was the perfect example. He was TJ for me. That was, mm. that's my TJ, you know, and I helped raise that kid. And so when, when, when you think about this, man, Labusi said it the best. Um, you know, our athletes used to be the, you know, mega stars. You know, they used to be the ones that we look up to. We protected in the hood and we showed folks like, hey, at these little league games, let's keep this fair game. None of this stuff goes on here because you hit one of these kids, it's going to be different because it's going to keep going. It's going to be a trifecta uh, uh, moment. You know what I'm saying? It's going to keep going and keep going. It's, it's it's supposed to be a, a peace offering at the at these little league games. Just last year, man, we coming off homecoming court. TJ them coming through. As soon as they get done with the game and get through the homecoming court, well, it's somebody outside the game letting loose. And my kids are privileged as hell. My kids don't know what to do. 
No, they don't stop and get on the ground. You know, they everybody just taking off running. You got people in the hood. You know, we had a, you know, we we having a cookout. It's, it's homecoming. We tailgate not there for little league, which is already different, right? Um, next thing you know, you just hear shots unload. And I'm thinking, like, is it the fireworks? You know, you know, they be like fireworks at little league games sometimes. And I'm like, and they just kept hearing do, 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 do. Man, they hit the lady. And uh, in the butt, and it was a six u game that we was at, or you know, the next game was a six u game, or because they had a tournament too, and she she got hit in the she got hit in the butt. So imagine a six year old, how tall that six year old is that she was strapping up his pads and giving him water. It could have been his head, you know. Um, and it, it's just crazy, man. You know, we got to protect these babies. We got to protect, and we got to start in our household. Like, what are we putting into these kids? Like, and it's crazy. Like, Warner youth level is the worst fucking level. These cats is out here killing cats, fighting, killing refs. Like the babies see this shit. You don't think they grow up to hear the shit? Like I'm so. And that's I'm why so, I started. My bad. That's why I started at Lily because that's why I'm seeing it um, the most, right? Right. You know, and you got these kids getting killed in high school, like you were saying. That's tragic, man. You know, rest in peace to that young kid, bro. Like. Man, that's just like, you know, people don't realize, like, that's the opportunity. Yeah. And so, like, I tell these folks, too, like, that stuff that just happened with Dion there, with, with Colorado, like, they getting robbed while they're it in the game. Out, UCLA got robbed, too, apparently. But these kids got to realize, like, everybody's still watching, y'all. They, you yeah. know, they, I'm not blaming it on them, like, but that's, this, this is what they've been taught. Yeah. At home, you get what I'm saying? Like to be flashy, to be the dope boys, and yeah. to throw up money and put put your dog on uh, how much you making the NILs on the internet. Man, you don't need to be the loudest dude in the in, in, in the in the room. Frank Lucas said that's that exactly the best. My boy's point. Like, why are we doing? If you don't show that shit, you're probably less likely to have cats come try to pat your pockets down. You got Debo. They got Debo because Debo knew you wore the shit. Like. Yeah. That's just real talk. And that's why I'm like, man, that to me, that's where I'm disappointed in Dion because Dion, no, he's the flash. He started this movement uh, 30 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. he knows the deal. Maybe he's like, screw it. This is me. My kids are going to be me too, which is cool. I respect that. But then at the same time, like, dog, there's cats out here. You got to know where you're going. A lot of Florida boys on that Colorado roster. They should know better, but you come out west to especially some different areas in that Pasadena area, they coming out in there deep. I'm just telling you. And you in their neighborhood, just like if anyone else, when, when we leave L.A., we go to another hood, we got to look out just like cats coming into L.A. got to look out. It's different movement. And I'm like, man, don't bring nothing. That's what I've been <laughs> on the bus. Keep your shit on this bus. Don't bring nothing. Like, that's what I would have been telling my players. But – I don't know. Here, here's my take to your segue, though, T-Rich. Michael Irvin recently came out to your point about all this that's going on. And he's a father like you basically saying, hey, dog, you were raised in luxury behind gated communities. You don't know nothing about this, just like you just said your kids don't know. But you out here rapping about shit that's happening to cats that are really struggling, and you part of the problem instead of the solution. And I'm glad Irvin called his kid out because his kid ain't never had a struggle and never lived that life. And all he was talking about was dope, hoes, guns. And Irvin's looking at it like, what? Your ass ain't never done none of that shit. 
I'm glad the daddy called him out. Most daddies won't. Yeah. Hey, listen. That's crazy. No, it's crazy. I got people people want to glorify the hood. And, you know, listen, I'm not going to act like I'm holier than thou. When I was younger, too, like, I, you know, he, you have even, like, little conversations about, like, amongst your peers. And you ain't from the hood. You ain't from the struggle. You soft. You ain't really you ain't really about this. So it's like when you're really from it, it's like you, you've had to, like, I don't know. I, it's like you want to glorify your struggle to make it feel like it's like it's okay. Like if you if you grew up with, with, without a parent in the household, you grew up poor, you grew up broke, you naturally got insecurities about that. So you try to flip it to make it seem like, nah, this is actually the cool thing to be broke, <laughs> to be in the streets, to be hood, to be gangster. That makes you tough. That puts a hard exterior on you. And too, too many times in our own community, we will look at the the the, the middle class black black man who got two parents in the household, you know, make a decent living, got nice clothes, you know, et cetera. We look at them as like soft when you're, when you're younger, you look at them and you don't like fully respect them when you're younger, which now that obviously I'm a grown ass man. I'm like, man, that it was, that is stupid. That makes no sense. It makes zero sense to get on somebody because they actually got parents. They actually got good money and decent household. They, they got direction. To me, that's just a a, a, a cape off or, or a way to just um, pour out your own insecurities about your situation on somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And it happens way too much in our communities. And uh, this again, to bring it full circle, prayers up for that young man, his family. It's a shame. You never want to see a young person go. So somebody who, you know, has scholarship, had a chance to change his life. And who knows, maybe change the life and direction of his own family. Like, you don't know when you kill somebody like that, you could be you could be impacting like history, like of a family. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if like LeBron knocked, you know, when he was 17, something happened to him. God forbid. Like how how much every, so many people would have got impacted. You know what I mean? So you just never know, man. And I just I just think we need more OGs, we need more guidance, we need more people like us going yeah. back to the city. Talk to these kids when they five, six, seven. So they, they in their minds, they know that the hood is not my only direction. Music's not my only direction. I can go and become a producer. I can go become a coach. I can be, I can write a book like JB. JB something in his damn car. Something in his mm. fucking car. Now he got a he got a book and he got a beautiful home and he's got business. So it just goes to show you that you could be from the bottom of Compton, the far east side, down south, like, like I got T Rich. But you can make it out. You can't make excuses, and you can't let your you can't let your current situation dictate your destination. And I'm done. Man, listen, I, I tell people all the time, and that's my slogan: "You are your way out." Right? What people got to realize too, like what we put in front of these kids for social media. With you know, I'm not blaming it on the music, but with all this gunshot, kill, blase, blase, like that's what's in our music. Like think about this, man. Oh, and then you gotta think about social media too. When you when you was younger, if you was to meet a chick you met her at school or at church or you know around away, you know now you got access to all this stuff because of the internet. Because you can see somebody away from London over there. You know what I'm saying from here and have access to that. So it's just you know the access that these kids have and the influence that they have today. I don't, don't want to say the influence is just so bad, but bro, like y'all not being realistic and these kids looking at that stuff and thinking that it's a love and hip hop world or it's a Call of Duty world. You get shot, you think they're going to be able to come back. It's not. It's not at all. Like this stuff is serious. And 
how we stop this, JB, to go back to your regular question, we got to pull this stuff together, bro. Like, we got to stick together. You know, our community, man, like, we got some of the most hard-headed communities out there, bro. Like, Big Smitty, you know, like, we, we won't mess with each other, but we'll go spend a dollar somewhere else. Yeah. But you spend a dollar somewhere else because uh, 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 April, she's sitting there two hours later. She don't want to do... You know what I'm saying? She don't want to do a customer's right with the service. That's that's the big thing about it. Like, well, it's it's crazy, man. You know, it's how do we stop this? How do we fix it? We got to stick together. Like, people don't realize, man, we're stronger together than just being a single-headed monster out there. I'm telling you. I yeah, I agree. I don't think there's enough. Like, no, I'm not boasting, but there's not a, there's not any more Bobby Knights. There's no longer any more JBs, myself, uh, because we're not being allowed to do what we do and nowadays politics the the the, the eggshells that we walk on when you and i both know all three of us both know two black brothers and a white boy know that race is really really minute very very small involvement in a locker room of football players like or teams like players didn't give a shit what coach color was and we didn't give a fuck what our teammates was we clowned each other we talked shit we it is what it is unless there was really some issue we brought it up other than that we i mean look the whole indiana team was damn near black coming out there hugging bobby knight the other night like when he came out on his uh, ceremonial thing like nobody gives a shit about all that stuff here's a clip that somebody just sent me i i, I probably haven't even watched it but it was about this discussion uh, from Last Chance you I'm going to play it real quick. I stand in front of you cats today, ashamed to be your head coach. It's the worst grades on my tenure as a head coach, period. You guys can't figure it out, man. I'm fucking sick of this shit. I'll win with who the fuck wants to do right and win here. If not, fuck it. We'll move on. Emmett Gooden, you got four Fs. Art, you shitting me? Fucking shit. Art? Draw a fucking picture, man. Fucking go to class, I bet you pass it. Ignorance is life fucking threatening. Man, I know what the fuck's going on. I know you guys can't comprehend half that shit. Who gives a fuck? It is a game. If you go to class, stay off your fucking phone, sit in the front, turn in your homework, you'll get a seat. You guys can't even do that shit, man. And I'm gonna tell you right now, on camera, I don't give a fuck. I didn't learn one thing in high school or college. One fucking thing. I couldn't tell you what a fucking atom is. I couldn't tell you what a fucking microbe is. I couldn't tell you what the fuck any of that shit is. But I'm a cold hustler. So I figured it out. Some of you cats are waiting for mommy, daddy, and whoever the fuck else to figure it out for your asses. Instead of pulling your fucking pants up, dropping your nuts, and tightening your fucking shoelaces yourself. You guys have failed me, you failed yourselves, I failed you. The entire program is failing right now at three and one. School should be one, this shit should be two. Because without school, this shit don't mean nothing. You're going to be on Netflix beating Dodge City. Here's the thing. There's the thing I'm saying about that uh, thing. We're keeping it out. Politics is keeping that that type of coach from talking to, especially if I'm in my skin tone and I'm talking to a bunch of cats in your skin tone, we're going to keep it out. Like there's, I know some other white boys like myself that that can relate and talk. Like Dan Lanning's one at Oregon. Like those kids will run through a wall for him. They like, he can go in there and talk to those cats like that. Uh, 
but we're so walking on eggshells. We won't, we won't tell these kids the truth when they really want the truth. Like these kids need the truth, but we can't do it no more because we'll be fired. We'll be canceled. We So like they, they won't allow that no more. That's why I'm probably sitting here, but like we need more of those situations because those kids didn't give a shit who was telling them that it could have been me. It could have been Trent. They was taking it in regardless because real recognizes real and they know genuineness over bullshit. Like they're going to see through bullshit right now. They don't care what color you are telling them. I don't know. That's just my take. I agree with you, bro. Like you got think about this. And, and I've never, when I grew up, right. In little league sports, I never had a black head coach and the white head, my white head coach got more success than the all black programs. And because we, we had a mixed culture, right? But the all black program with all the brothers, with all the speed and, you know, with all the power and all this, we used to whoop their ass every year. But we was organized. We was on time with everything. We knew our plays. We knew, like, but coach used to get in our ass. Hell, my first day of my, my high school, coach when he got when we got our new coach my junior year he said tell Trent to get his black ass in the, in a in the locker room I need to talk to him and so me thinking now you know I'm from the hood like hey man who this who are you talking to <laughs> what, 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 you talking my to what? me <laughs> my black ass right <laughs> my black ass and at the time like I didn't know how to take that because I never heard it before coming from a white brother right and with that it was just like to me, I was thinking already, oh, this is racist. We're not going to do this. We're not. But we didn't like I didn't even get to know him. And I put that judgment on him because of what he said, because if I go back and say, man, tell coach, to get a white ass. in here," It's funny, right? Right. It's cool. But if he says it, oh, he's right, especially now. Right. Yeah, he's, he's right. Like, and I tell people this all the time, bro. Like we can't look at everything as a black and white. But we just need to know and realize our situation, realize what's in front of you, and realize who you're working with, right? And genuine. I tell kids all the time, you, we can talk all we want about the kids, and 90% of them are black kids from the inner city, raised, whatever you want to call it, about the fathers, the mothers, whatever you want to talk. The bottom line is I don't care how good they are in the books, and I don't give a shit how bad their grades are. You could have the dumb, and we, and we, I hate to use this word, but we could call the kid dumb and you could call the kid uh, illiterate and all this shit. One thing they're not is stupid. Mm. There's a difference. Like a dumb motherfucker that's whole F's will come right in there and say, Coach Brown full of shit. That motherfucker racist. Or he's lying to our ass. He don't got to be fucking, you don't got to be smart to realize that real recognizes real and understand a cat talking is genuine or bullshitting. And these dudes know if you're treating them like a piece of meat in the meat market, which 90% of college coaches do to their players. Let's keep it real. So the kids understand that shit and they know this shit. But guess what? They're not looking at the color of the coach talking. They're looking at the result. Like, what is he? Is he real? Is he not real? Like, I never had to... Dog, I'm going to be real. Here's a true story. I took the head coaching job at Compton College, my alma mater. When I took the job, no bullshit. The president, everybody, every administrator at Compton was black. Of course, I grew up there, and it's a black community. I'm the only white boy on the team when I played. I'm the only white boy when I, when I was the head coach. 
Um, they introduced me to the board of trustees and the president who I grew up with, which is crazy. He was a street cat, also Olympian, by the way, what much older than me, but I've known him. He gets up to address everybody and um, someone in the crowd asked him a question. So what is it like to, you know, hire one of the first white guys that since the fifties to be the head coach and the president turned around and was like, we hired a white boy. And that's and he was like dead ass serious to the crowd, and everybody looked at him like he don't even he didn't even realize or know because he'd been around my whole life, and I've been there my whole life in Compton, and, and and it was a funny moment. Everybody laughed after they really realized, but he never cracked a smile. Like, who the fuck said we hired a white boy? Like they didn't even fucking know. They didn't even realize. They didn't even care. And it was like there wasn't no bat of the eye of any of the players that I brought in, by the way. <laughs> but it is so it's taught. That stuff is taught. You put a kid from black, white, Asian, uh, 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 Japanese, Samoan, put them in a, a, a playpen. What they gonna do? They're gonna play together. Yeah. They're gonna enjoy that moment. Now all that other stuff when you take them outside of there, right? And they've been brought up and they've been taught that mess. That's coming from the household. That's coming from the community that you allow them around. Like, I don't look at everybody like that, man, like you, because you can't. Like I said, know your situation, man. Like, know who you're around, fill them out, be smart about your decision, and you know the bad apple. That's just like same stuff in the hood. Like, you know the guys that's getting in trouble. You know the guys who's not working hard. You know the guys are not doing what they're supposed to be doing when the coach is not around. Like, I mean, I, man, my best friend, my cousins, I used to punch them, man, because I used to go smoke cigarettes. I was at school because they was trying to be hard. You know, they used to go smoke black and mouth and skip school. I mean, I used to like we used to be boxing. Like, come on, bro. We trying to we got a vision. I got a vision. I got a dream. Like, we got to get somewhere. Like, but I can't have my dream can't be both our dream because somebody got it. You no, know I mean, somebody gonna have to live it. Like I was telling my nephew, man, our nephew, man, that stays with me. That he got into it with one of the seniors. He's a freshman. Um, and it was, I think the cat was white and Cuban or something like that. But you know, kid this small, my nephew, he ain't you know too much bigger than him. But they fit to get ready to get into it. I said, man, I'm fit to pull up on you, man. Let's talk. And I said, you know what, what a boy, man. You know when I get there, right? And he say, um, hold on, let me text him. Let me text him. <laughs> Wait, what? so y'all are buddies? Y'all are. <laughs> Y'all are cool. <laughs> That's your pal. Right. So they go, <laughs> we, we pull up on the cat. You know, I'm just, just, you know. Read the situation, right, right, right. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, because in, in my head, the whole time, we're going we're gonna to talk this out. We're going to squash this because, you know, he done had a couple situations. He's the new guy. He's the freshman, you know. They got him up, you know, playing. Right. And so we go to, guess where we go, y'all, to meet the guy. At the damn clubhouse of the neighborhood. <laughs> and so, man, we pull up to this clubhouse, right? So I'm just looking at the whole scene. Around about 50 Mercedes Benz are parked down the side of the road, uh, BMWs and, you know, uh, 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 land Range Rovers and stuff yeah. like that. Feel like we should have a, a PTA meeting, right? You know, these kids, get, they all getting out of the car, they hot as hell, right? They hot. They walking up and you know moving along with the scattered few black 
kids out there that in our neighborhood that, that I stay in, right? You know, they're, you know, with the group and, you know, it's kind of sprinkled in. Right. And it's just like, I looked there, I said, man, all y'all come in, man. The boy got out with his little shirt on, look, look, look cat, right? He got it, just like he just came and got a spray on tan. I said, man, what y'all doing, man? Y'all got a game tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. So what, what we doing? Because if y'all lose tomorrow, this is the start of it. Y'all on the road, y'all just beat Hoover, Hoover, you, you know who that is, right? Yeah. They just beat them 33 10 or something like that. And so I'm telling the cats, like, y'all supposed to be somewhere chilling with some females at CC's Pizza, Buffalo Wild Wings. Y'all got this backwards. And so I get these cats all calmed down. And I said, man, y'all out here in the suburbs. I said, ain't none of y'all hood. Y'all don't want it how I grew up. <laughs> I said, y'all, y'all driving BMWs and you know, Range Rovers. It's like a damn PTA meeting. Like if you have a debate, debate club. Now, JB, I'm out there. I, don't, I know y'all to see my sweater, man. I got the national, I'm proud father of a National Honor Society student sweat on. So I'm with the debate team, right? I'm with the shit. I'm <laughs> <laughs> we all look crazy out here. And I told him, I said, listen, man, the way this world works, especially with these police these days, you don't know who's a good police or a bad one. So if y'all kids get into it, they come arrest y'all. Something happened. And where we stay at, they, the police don't play, right? And who's going to sit up there and, and fend for y'all? Because y'all out there fighting, it's a game now. Now you're now you're a, a quote-unquote game. You know, it's, it's game, game related. Right, right. So now if y'all, you know, somebody run off or somebody, you know, say something wrong, hey, the police, it's one of him and it's 50 of y'all. What what do he do in this situation, right? I'm right. not saying, you know, you know, it's okay to shoot people and all I'm just thinking, like, when you're right. thinking in that situation, if you get pulled over, they tell you, put your hands on the steering wheel. Right? Cool. Yeah. But this this is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm sitting there telling them this stuff, right? And, I, you know, I got them all, you know, getting ready to squash everything. And I talked to them about good 50. I done, it's been turned into a speaking engagement, y'all. I'm talking about 50 minutes. And so I say, man, y'all, you know, y'all ain't going to do shit. So y'all shake hands, hug, whatever the hell y'all got to do because... If y'all was gonna do it, y'all would have been done it. You know, this ain't no. I said, all oh, y'all stay in the damn suburbs. Come on, man. This is not the way to go. So the kid get ready to shake my nephew's hand. My nephew pulled back. No, nah, man. He was saying he's gonna do this, this, and that. You know, he still. I said, now nah, we got a problem. I said, man, it's cool. His teammates tell him. The captain's telling him, like, hey, man, shake his hand, man. You know, we out here doing stupid stuff. We got a game tomorrow. And he don't want to listen. He's hot headed, right? But that's what he's used to because he's not used to being, you know, in a situation where you're not being had to look behind your back or where you don't have to go to fight. You know, when I first got to college, I used to go to the club. I had my back on the wall, you know, looking for the exes or looking for who, you know, in a room and everybody else is dancing and all this other stuff. I'm, I'm not used to that. I ain't used to that. <laughs> Girl, go and do me. I mean, on that. Yeah, I ain't used to that. You know, they doing all this. I'm like, this enough. I'm watching my back. You know, you don't like Terry Crews in the Friday at the next. You don't know really what's going on. Listen, I got my just in case somebody want to pop off. I got my <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that, that's real. That's real. I know we veered off into some real shit, but that's what this show is. Uh, before I let you go, before we get into Bama LSU, uh, this weekend, I gotta ask you, there's a there's a non there's a common theory out there 
amongst coaches, and I'm just giving you real talk since I'm out the business now. This goes for black coaches that are good friends of mine and white coaches that are all also good friends with those black coaches. And these are division one coaches. There's a theory out here, just so everyone's out here is clear. It ain't just division one. It's not just JUCO. It's not D2. It's not NFL. But I want to ask you this. There's a common theory that white coaches can take black-led players and teams further than a black head coach can take that same black team, which is just what you just mentioned. They're saying, okay, the white boy will come in, he'll organize a bunch of black players, he'll structure it, and the kids will actually look up to the white coach as a person of mentorship, leadership, etc. A brother come in, and they look to him as, don't say it's Cap D. Jones, because you don't even know the fuck I'm going to go yet. The black coach comes in and is they boy, they homies. They're, they they want to be cool with them so they don't transfer. I've witnessed it. I can guarantee you this happens. I know T. Rich is smiling because he's probably witnessed it. I know Big Smitty's probably witnessed it. The truth of the matter is it's cultural and it starts at home or the lack of what's at home. And I guess my question is like, do you think that's a real thing? Because let's look at the be honest truth. The HBCUs have always been looked down to as far as coaching. Coaching's always been mid to l- less than mid, uh, according to everybody out there in the in the business and the profession. And that's why I love what that Dion got out of there, moved on, which is su- it sucks. But he took the job at Colorado, and when he was doing well, I'm like, all right, see, this is what will elevate the HBCUs. But see. People don't look at it like that. They were like, oh, let's keep the motherfucker down. He's a he's a sellout for leaving HBCU. No, the HBCU is who they are. They've been this way for a long, long time. Um, in a long-winded way, I guess. What do you think about that shit right there? Because it is a thing out there. There is a thing out there like this. And the players actually will black players have told me this. Like we rather play. Here's, I'll end it like this. When Long Beach Cabrillo, all black and Hispanic neighborhood in school. Where when the principal walked in and asked, like, kids, who you guys want to hire? That motherfucker hood kid. These are hood cats. We want a white boy. That's what they said. They told the principal, we want a white boy head coach. That was before they even thought that I was even available to take the job. But it ain't just no regular white boy either. You can't hire a motherfucker from Beverly Hills to come in there and fucking. That's what they don't get. There's a difference and there's a special type of cat to bring a bunch of cats together. And it don't matter the color of that person. But I just wanted to get that off my chest because a lot of people don't really realize that that's a real thing out there. Uh, I'm going to jump in real quick. I, I think so. First of all, yeah, I, I do know what you're what you're talking about. Like I've definitely I've never heard a player literally say that. But I've seen situations where obviously like I mean, me, I grew up. I've always had a white head coach when I'm looking like as far as a football side. I don't think I've ever had a black a, a black head coach but i do disagree in a sense that, that that and i'm not saying you're saying this but i'm saying that i believe a definitely we've seen multiple situations and cases that a black head coach who's 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 actually a good head coach can galvanize a team and galvanize a room of black whites mexicans etc i don't think it 
you it just takes a white a white coach to to do that. Like I, no, you I'm know, not I'm, saying that. I'm just saying that's the perception by even black players. Yeah, and I'm about to go into that though. I think part of the perception though, I'm gonna be real, which is bigger than coaching. Growing up in the hood, black people look at white people as like just successful. We look at white people as just like you see a white dude in a suit. You know, you look at them as like, oh, he got money. Like when I was young, if I was seven years old, eight years old, whatever, and I'm, you know, we driving a car or whatever, I, and I see a white dude with a, just a suit on, in my head that equates to he got bread, he got money, because I'm not used to seeing brothers in the hood with fucking suits on and stuff like that. So like, I, I, what I'm saying is, I think that the, the the mentality of our environment kind of makes us mentally, especially when we're younger, just assume that. This white man is gonna do it the right way. It's gonna be organized. It's gonna be. He's gonna bring uh, structure. He's gonna bring etc. And you might subconsciously think that a black head coach might be ghetto. He might not, you know, organize. He might. He might complete, be completely opposite because, again, in your environment of what you've seen and representation of black man that you have seen may fall under that umbrella. So you use that to define all black people. And the problem is all black people are not the same and you shouldn't do that. But that, 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 that's the reason why JB, I do believe kids would say that or, or may prefer that in my opinion, but you know, Trent would love to hear from you. Trent, I know you're getting out of here. I appreciate you've been out here for an hour and I, and uh, it's been great banter. I got it. We got to get your take before you get out of here though. Bama LSU, maybe one of the biggest games on the slate this weekend. Uh, we have Steve Kim into the building here. Uh, I know you, I mean, you keep it real on this show, as anybody does, uh, regardless of uh, where we talking race, football, basketball. You might not even pick your own alma mater. You picking your alma mater today? Um, you know what, JB? I, I'm gonna pick my alma mater because Nick don't like to be embarrassed. I feel like this is gonna be one of those games that you think you can play with us. I'm fit to throw everything at you. And I think this game matters the most, right, um, for Coach Saban right now. And I think it's a little different for Nick when they play when they, when they play in LSU. They, you know, they get his number every year, him and Miss Terry, and they be calling them and sending pictures and all this other stuff and, you know, all that crazy stuff, right? Right. And so I, I just think the matchup around the board, Bama's been solid on defense, right? But they cannot give up these penalties that they've been giving up all year. They can't have over a hundred and something yards in penalties. It's not the game for that. Yeah. Um, can they score I, with LSU? Are you saying they're going to hold LSU down so they can? Because I they held that old Miss down. Nobody thought they would do what they did to them. LSU's scoring. Jaden Daniels, a California kid, right here in LA, out in IE, is 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 should be up for Heisman consideration. But I guess LSU's just probably not. Uh, good enough for that to be considered, but he's playing as well as any quarterback in college football, in my opinion. Um, can Alabama hold him enough and score enough? I guess I think if Bama do what they're supposed to do, he don't make it out the game. Steve, he what you he don't, he don't survive the whole game if Bama do what they're supposed to do. Well, Bama's gonna try to shorten the game, they're gonna try to play bully ball, they're gonna need about 35 minutes of possession. And, you know, Bama's hit upon something. They're going to run the ball, run the ball, and set up shots for Milrow. Um, and Milrow has about four opportunities to hit deep shots. And that's kind of been the formula. And 
This is interesting. This game's in Tuscaloosa, I believe, because last year it was at Death Valley and LSU, and LSU won on the last play of the game. LSU's defense, this is the worst LSU defense I've seen in a very long time. Glenn Dorsey ain't walking through that door. Tyron Matthew ain't walking through that door. So the key for LSU is can you actually get early stops in the game and then make Alabama play from behind? Because it's one thing to throw on second and three with play action, but can you make Milrow on third and eight when you're dropping seven? Because Milrow has one particular blind spot. He does not throw well into zone defenses. That's where he's gotten himself into some trouble. So that, that's an interesting thing. If Alabama can run the ball for about 180 yards plus, does that mean they're grinding the clock? They can win this game. And, Coach, I'm with you. I think Daniels, he's the most accurate passer that I've seen this year. His pass placement is absolutely elite. Brian Kelly's done a great job developing him. Yeah. Um, what's the score, T. Ritz? What's the final score? We need a prediction. I think Bama win it by nine. I don't know what the final score is going to be. I think they win it by nine. Um, if they don't, they lose by three or one. Ooh. Okay, so you so you saying the score going to either be thirty nine to thirty or it's going to be twenty eight to thirty one? Okay, that's what you're saying. Yeah. And before <laughs> I get up out of here, <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Before I get up out of here, man, my National Honor Society, baby. Come here. Look. Look, she. Hey, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, nice to meet you. you. They said congratulations. Thank nice you. to meet you. National Honor Society. Yeah, that's huge right there. Mm-hmm. And she got to get her National Honor Society ass to school. Now she missed the, uh, her win. <laughs> so I'm going to take her to school. All right, brother, man. Appreciate you, T. Rich. Right. T. Rich Thursdays, my guy. Yes, sir. See y'all next week, man. All right, brother. Appreciate Steve. you. From Steve, one up, legend Steve? to another, we got Steve Kim, man. Looking good, Steve. You got you got a fresh taper and a fade? What's going on? Every, with every you? couple weeks I try. Yeah. I get the paint job, Earl Scheib, you know. All you need is a necklace. You be, you be ready to go. Hey, no, I don't waste my money. No whole part here, Steve. We're going to come straight after the Korean Coast sell. You know, he's been on Whitlock for, for the last few weeks just going in. They've had great conversations. I got a stat of the day for you that I have to get out there. And it's not about gung-ho. It's not about any movies. It's not about Miami. It's about, first of all, I am the new Nostradamus. I've predicted a lot of things lately. But this is one I've been standing on this hill about. What do you guys say about this stat right here? Hmm. One and thirty-one when trailing by three plus points in the fourth quarter. I said he's overhyped coach of all time. I've been saying that. I just want to know that we're in the stat era. We live by stats. Well, there's a stat for you. Give me Steve. If anybody, Steve could break that shit down. I don't know what the rest of the coaches are. Generally, if you're going into the fourth quarter behind, you're probably going to lose. I mean, that's what the odds are. Thank you, Steve. I, I want to see how many other co- what are, are, are other coaches 17 and 10. So I don't I don't really know what to make of that stat, to be honest with you. But it, it goes to show you that guys like Trent Williams and Debo Samuels are vital. Uh, it's, it, that Purdy is a cog in the machine. But uh, there's been a noticeable drop-off the last few weeks with the hobble Debo Samuels. But there's a... This is the thing I'm trying to figure out, though. Like, 
this is a guy. This is people. People put this guy like on like Mount Rushmore of of current NFL coaches and guys in the last ten years. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. What's that, Steve? That's ah, my phone. I'm killing it. Oh, I thought, uh, I thought that was some breaking news real quick. Nah. My fault. Uh, I was like, so something happened. Fury's gonna fight Tyson. So here's the thing. Um, hmm. here's here's my thing. Like, where are we at with this this guy being so highly touted? Like. They haven't won a Super Bowl at that organization in 28 years. Nobody wants to talk about it. Act, people act like they're not. Niners have been winning every other Super Bowl every other year for the last fucking 20 years. They haven't won in 28 years. So, number one. Number two, this guy's clucked off two Super Bowls, possibly three. One as an OC and two as a head coach. What are we going to say? You know what? Maybe this guy just isn't very as good as we think. Maybe he has the best roster in football and is actually costing them wins. I don't know. I'm just thinking the other way. Yeah, I mean, look, he's had success. He's made multi-NFC championship games. He's been to a Super Bowl. They almost won it with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's turned into, with the Raiders, has turned into Jamarcus Garoppolo. So I, I don't know if you take a look at that as an indictment, but uh, I think there is pressure on Shanahan now because you are now six, seven years into your run, and the Niners – for the most part, outside of the Trey Lance acquisition, have made all the right moves. Uh, the the acquisition of Chase Young is interesting because one thing I did notice the last couple of weeks, the Niners' pass rush needed some juice, and it wasn't. It Bosa just could not get home by himself. So look, they've lost three in a row, but they're seventeen games. These things happen, but. They're in a position now. Look, home field advantage is going to be important. If I'm the Niners, I do not want to have to go back into Philadelphia in late January. I'll just put it like that. There is a race to get home field advantage in the National uh, Football Conference. Shit, or Seattle. Yes. Let's be real. <laughs> hey, Big City, let's be real. Let's break this Niners thing down real quick since we're talking this Niners thing. And, Steve, if anybody can break it down. Smitty, I got to ask you guys straight out. Like, This is an issue we've been facing. For how long? We add another D lineman. Like, I literally laughed when they took the trade. This is a guy who's always injured. The, the commanders couldn't wait to get his ass out of there, just FYI. And now the Niners took another guy that had high praise, high tout out of, high, out of college, and everybody thought he was going to be the guy. He's been injured for most of his early career. Got rid of that contract commanders have. Commanders have basically traded Trent Williams and Young for nothing to the 49ers. The history of the trades are unbelievable. Like the commanders are getting screwed, but it really hasn't helped the Niners because they still ain't won shit. They've won the same amount of Super Bowls as the commanders. So here's my point. Here's my point, though, Smitty. I know you're going to go. Here's my point on this. <laughs> when are we going to stop trading for fucking D lineman and get a goddamn quarterback and stop bringing up all the other excuses as to why these guys can't win. It blows my mind that they have no quarterback still. Like I'm, I'm still tripping. Go ahead. Maybe next year, maybe next week they could go bring fucking Leon let back. Like, when are we going to go get a quarterback? I'm just trying to figure this out, but you guys keep touting this guy as the greatest GM and head coach combo of all time. They don't have a quarterback, bro. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. I, I, I would still surmise that they're going to win double-digit games. They will get into the tournament. 
And look, Chase Young is going to be used as a situational player. He's a third down edge rusher. That's what he is. And so hopefully a, a guy like him can get a new um, mindset in a new surroundings. You know, we've seen this. But look, but they, it's not like they gave up a first-round draft choice, Coach. They're taking a flyer on a guy and hopefully be reunited as a bookend to both on third down and longs and see what he could do. Now, he's an undisciplined player. That's been the word. And he's been banged up a lot. So, again, he's probably a guy that at least early on, he's going to play no more than 10 to 15 snaps, I think, situationally the first month here in San Francisco. Hey, Steve, I look at it the other way. I look at it as an indictment. There's a reason why we didn't give up no good-ass fucking round picks for this guy. I mean, listen, (laughs) I'll say this. There's a book on this guy, Smitty. There's a book out there on this guy. Well, it's a a short book because he's he's still a young guy. So, I mean, to to, to write a whole fucking story on him and and define him as this undisciplined guy or this cat or whatever, to me, I think it's too soon to do that. Right now, he's on pace. I'm I'm saying that's the word on the street. I've seen the the story, too, that Steve was was alluding to. What I'm saying is this guy is on pace to have his best season so far out of his young season. He has five sacks at the at the midway point. His best season was his rookie year. He had seven and a half. So this guy, at bare minimum, he is getting after the quarterback. And what Steve alluded to, Bosa, by himself, has been kind of struggling just getting to, to, to the quarterback in one-on-one situations. I think, you know, teams are – or sl- full sliding to him, they're chipping on, they're putting three to his side. So now you put a guy like Chase Young, who has been good this year, he's still a freak of nature athletically, put him on the opposite end. Now you kind of got to make a decision. Are we going to slide this way and leave Chase one-on-one? going to slide to Chase, leave Nick one-on-one? And it will help. To me, the deep pass rush is the second most important uh, uh, piece to, to a team behind the quarterback. If you can I get like after it. the opposition's quarterback and make him uncomfortable, you will you will win a lot of games. We've seen it in big time situations. Mahomes lost Super Bowls, Brady has lost Super Bowls, all against really good to great yep. defensive line play. So I, I would argue the reason I think he's having the best year of his life is because the guy they also just traded away Swat, is having the best year of his life and is making the life of Chase much, much easier. Yeah, but that exactly. also will have the same impact on Chase Young then. I mean, that's so, what he was talking about. I mean well, if you look at Chase Young and you watch the backside of football plays, Sweat's making the play at the point of attack. Chase Young's chasing the play down. And if you've watched any games this year, Chase Young is the is literally the laziest fucking player on the football field. Go watch the games. I've been watching them. Right. He's so, Coach, that's why a guy like him, you so you're getting 10 to 15 plays. This is your role on third down. Sometimes less is more. That's what he might be, a situational third down edge rusher. They got Nick Bosa. They got Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, and Chase Young. You mean to tell me that he's not going to benefit from playing along these these other pro bowlers and all pro guys? And you got all the best linebacker duo right behind you. Like he's tired of hearing. I'm be honest with you. I'm tired of hearing the fucking who they got. Like I'm tired of hearing who they fucking got. They also got Debo, IU, Kittles. They got fucking McCaffrey. We're talking about defense right now. We're talking about the defense right now. They lose every year, Kobe. They lose, lose, lose. Coach, no, they don't. Teams every year don't win it. That's- Steve, say, say that one more time, Steve, please. It's not like time. boxing. There's not 80 guys saying I'm a world champion. There's Steve, one Steve, team that Steve, gets the Lombardi. Steve. Thank Steve. you. So, hold on, JB. You keep, you keep putting out this, this, this wrong message saying that they lose all the time and Shanahan's a loser. And stop putting please. Shanahan as the best coach, homie. It's not about 
You're not gonna you're not gonna win fucking ten Super Bowls every single year, JB. Stop Bill Belichick and the Patriots went on a ten year on a decade where they didn't win one. They won the first homie. two and they went on a decade Stop. without winning. Stop saying he's the best then. That's my point. We're not, he's one one of the best. we're not the one saying it. I, we haven't said it. No, Smitty does. Smitty loves Shanahan. I didn't say he's good. He, 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 he is one of the better coaches in the league. Yes, no, he, he is. Like, that's a fact. He's not. JB, JB, for real, like all bias aside, if you take your team, if you're a perennial double-digit uh, a regular season win, a team, you go to playoffs every single year, and you go to oh, NFC like championships multiple times. Like you are literally one of the best teams and best coaches in the league. It's not an like argument, huh? You like regular season guys? That's why I can see that mediocrity is new excellence. Fuck it, let's move it's on. It's the totality of everything. This guy's been to Super Bowl. He's been to multiple NFC championships. A JB. Hey Lamar, keep winning regular season games. You're the goat. Oh, hey, coach, but here's the thing. You love Tomlin, and I think Tomlin's a Hall of Famer. From the time Shanahan's been in San Francisco, compare what Tomlin and Shanahan have done in the regular season and postseason. Thank you. Eye-opening. Thank you. Thank you, JB. Thank Wait, you. We're talking Thank about a guy you. that has rings and a guy that rings. He, he has a ring. He has one ring. That was in 2008, wasn't it? I was in eighth grade. And that was with the team that was kind of built by Cower. Come you on, see, you, you was in Compton still. It don't matter. And I, and, I, and I love my time. I don't want to. I love my time. But my, wait a minute. So you're saying Barry Switzer? That's like that. The, the Jimmy Johnson gets no credit. Barry Switzer in '95. That he really disciplined and led that Cowboy team in '95. Yeah, anybody really. was coaching that team. Anybody was coaching that team. George Seifert in '89. Oh, you're telling me that was not Bill Walsh's team co- coach? Come on. Yeah, but we want to. We we discredit. I believe. CEOs and leaders when they take over programs and we we give too much credit to the guy that left and less and too least less credit to the guys that's taken over. You never heard a peep out of AB. Not one fucking peep out of the most possibly psychopath wide receivers we've ever seen in football history under Mike Tomlin. He deserves some credit for well, keeping he, he was getting out of hand. AB was for a long time. That guy got out of hand literally after he left. So I'm just like, well, this guy did something to keep that team intact and continuing to win. If you guys' argument is a regular season winner, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. What are we talking about? No, listen, I'm talking about we're not dissing Mike Tomlin. Steve, I, I believe I'm, I don't want to speak for Steve, but I believe he's saying like we respect the hell out of Mike Tomlin as one of the the great one of the great coaches. But we're saying in the same breath, you can't look at at that and then All look right. at a Shanahan and just say he he. he He's he's trash or he's this or that. Yes, Tommy has the ring, so yeah, it's it's okay to put Tommy in the head of Shanahan. That's totally fine. But all I'm saying is that regular season does matter. Why? Because without the regular season, there's no playoffs. So I, I hate yeah, this whole man. argument of like fuck the regular yeah, season. Yeah. Well, no, you know the regular what? season matters. You you, you have the regular season you just go just goes those seven yeah. and those and seven and no, that matters. And when you go and to the NFC Championship multiple times, and then you go to a Super Bowl and you are a play away from winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy G as your quarterback, that to me matters. Now you're right. There is pressure on him to win because of the talent that they have accrued on that roster. I agree with that. But if you are one of the last four or two teams left in the, in the NFL for multiple seasons, even, even if you don't win, you're still one – of the best coaches in the NFL at that time. Because think about all the other coaches that are sitting at home on their couch watching the NFC Championship game. That's my point. 
then Sean McVay is one of the best coaches of all time. So we anyway, let's move on. Wait a minute. We never let's said that. Right, that's your guys' rationale. That's your Yo, guys' you rationale. You don't have to say a bar like that and then try to move on. No. Now, but you you rationale. Rationale. That's the hottest wife of all time for an NFL no. coach. In respect to you, McVay, good job on that. They anyway. had a baby, by the way. Had a baby. Um, well, congratulations yeah, to that. Never. Sean McVay is the best coach of all time, according to Smitty. Oh, so, what? what? We're not yeah. having all time conversation. We're coming right that's now. Literally, <laughs> that shit is crazy to me. McVay gets insane. so much. I mean, uh, this guy, this guy Shanahan gets so much credit. And I'm just like, God damn it. Uh, he still hasn't done anything. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Shanahan's a horrible coach, JB. I'm sorry. I've been enlightened. I've been enlightened on this show. He's a horrible coach. He never wins anything at all. He's a, he's a horrible GM. He, he doesn't bring doesn't bring talent to the team. The 49ers suck. Shanahan should be fired. You're right. I mean, I'm sorry. Hey, if I was the owner, I'd fire him. Yeah, you yeah, you would lose what? that game. Too. Uh, the Yorks wouldn't. <laughs> I would I'd fire his ass. I mean, all right, all right, Steve, let's transition. If they don't win again, let's just say they go on this losing streak, which they are right now, and the Seahawks win the West, as I predicted on this show. JB Amis. I'm JB Damas. Um where do you go? So the, this this Seattle team that nobody really thought too much of, they go get two big D-line additions, by the way, that I think are way better than the 49ers got. So we go get anchor that defense down, which has been a lot better than we thought in the beginning of the season. Geno continues to get better with these wideouts, continue to run the football with, with what they're doing. Um, they win the West as they're going to do. Pete Carroll owns Shanahan, by the way, when all things are equal, roster-wise. I think it's back to equal. I think Seattle will win the next one they play and in the playoffs. But that's here and there. Where are we at at the end of the season when the Niners lose again early and we're still making excuses for him? How many excuses can we make for this guy? Before I, I'm just asking a serious question. At what point do we say, all right, we've wasted McCaffrey, We've wasted Trent Williams. We've wasted the best linebacker core in football. We've wasted the best new young safety that runs downhill that is blowing people up. He's going to be wasted. We've wasted Debo Samuel and Ayuk and George Kittle, which is probably one of the best tight ends in football. We're wasting these dudes. At some point, they're going to be older, and now we're going to be like, okay, what's going on? We don't have a quarterback in the building still. By the way, you have a quarterback that threw 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions in Super Bowl history and never lost. And we have another guy named Steve Young who came in there and did pretty much the same thing. When do we say, all right, we win here. We win here on the back of quarterback play. When does the head coach take the goddamn accountability? I'm just asking for a friend. I thought we were transitioning. I mean, let, let's let this play out. I mean... I, you know, if Shanahan goes to the playoffs again and they win a game or two, I don't think his job's in jeopardy. I'll just. Last thing I'm going to say, and, I, and I'm done on, on, off it. Uh, JB always says how great, you know, and he says these two are not friends, but he always praises this guy, Jim Harbaugh, as far as his overall coaching status and how great of a coach he, he has been throughout his career, both in college and NFL. I don't remember this guy winning a Super Bowl. I don't remember this guy remember uh, winning a national championship either at Michigan. But this guy gets praised as well. So I don't know. My only thing is, I would say to JB, is keep that same energy with everybody. Be consistent with everybody. Because I don't forget. I remember everything you say, JB. So I, I, just keep that same energy, and I'm done. I, I digress. Okay. So I, let me defend this real quick since we're on Judge Judy today. Harbaugh inherited a Niners team that was so bad. 
that was on the bottom of the NFC West. Steve, were they not? Did Harbaugh not inherit a 49ers team that was fucking horrible? By the way, you want to compare records? Harbaugh went 44-19, homie, at the 49ers in much less time than Shanahan. 44-19! Are you even considering... Right, but Coach, you're going... Yeah, but your point is it's either you win it all or you're terrible. Well, that's not what we're saying. No. I, I say this: If Harbaugh would have stayed in 49ers, they would have. He would have won Super Bowls. He was just if it's getting a fifth, that. We all be drunk. I don't know what would have happened. He took a team to the Super Bowl without, without again, without a quarterback. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick was horrible. Are you and kidding? Me? Yeah, but he, then he should have stayed. Like, 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 look, Butch Davis should have been the original Nick Saban, except he wanted to get into a pissing contest with the UM, and he let Larry Coker win his titles. Um, I think more coaches need to start, and again, not you, coach, but I'm sick of coaches leaving good situations only for the money, and money's important, and they're saying, oh, I should have won a title. Well, you didn't, dumbass, because you want to think about your legacy once in a while. I think someone needs to tell coaches, hey, guys, winning a title can be great for your life. Stick around. If Butch Davis sticks around in Miami three more years, he's probably making more money than he did at Cleveland. But these coaches are every bit the mercenaries the players are. So maybe we ought to have that discussion. Maybe you coaches ought to get together. Hey, guys, sometimes we're actually good where we're at. We're actually good in our situation. The grass is not the, – the coaches can be every bit the moronic assholes the players are. Oh, Maybe that's a discussion people ought to have. I but say anyway. it all the time. Coaches screw this thing up, not the players. Let's be clear. <laughs> like, they'll be. let's be clear. Coaches screw the thing up, not players. I say it all the time. I've been saying it forever. Harbaugh, 44 and 19. Your boy is 57 and 47. Um, Let's go. I got to transition to this Raiders thing. I said there's no way this guy makes it through the week. I actually, we showed a tweet yesterday. I tweeted it Monday night after the game. I'm like, there's no way this guy makes it. Antonio Pierce and I grew up together. Juco Products, Compton Natives, Paramount High School uh, legend. Um, Takes over after some will say there's some things, <laughs> you know, at Arizona State that he went through. Um, he was we and me and him were just coaching against each other in high school not too long ago. What do you like? Do you like it? Do you not like it? As as far as the interim, I, I, we always love interim, Steve, because interims are going to come in there as a former player, like the Saturdays of the world, APs. We've seen this story before. They'll get the guys who rot up and they'll come play hard. But they won't get the job, unfortunately. That's how it works. Um, do you like this move um, with Josh McDaniel being outed? Uh, Bel- Belichick's tree just continues to look worse and worse. Well, I mean, look, you can't get any worse than Josh McDaniel. I never look. The, the Belichick tree is rotten. That that this has not worked out in most instances. Look, Jim Harbaugh is going through some turmoil at the University of Michigan. He might be available. He could be looking to. Um, kind of leave Ann Arbor in that toxic environment that, let's be frank, he probably helped create. But, you know, we'll see. Let's see how these players respond to Antonio Pierce. There's, that's still not a great uh, team overall. Well, they lose a lot of close games. You know, they're three and five. That's not out of it. In a 17-game season, they're kind of in the mix, at least for a wild card. So, let, let look, if Antonio Pierce goes on a run where they win nine of their next 11 or whatever games are left, he might be in the running for it. You don't know, but uh, can you win that many games with Aiden O'Connell as a rookie quarterback? And can you get Devontae Adams to stop acting like he's a hostage 
my God, you chose to be there. You chose the organization. Um, you're the guy who said, you know what? I want to play for an organization run by Mark Davis. Yeah, um, that's on you, man. I'm sorry. Maybe gray. I want I want you guys just to grade the, the first day on the job for Antonio Pierce. He fired the offensive coordinator. He set Jimmy G. He he made a young quarterback guy, the OC, going forward. That means they're going to have to change a few things verbally. They're going to have to do some stuff, which is tough in the middle of the season, but it's it, it's it's needed in my opinion. You got you got to do these things, in my opinion, to not only get attention of your assistants to fully buy into you as the interim. Now, listen, you may have an interim tag, but I'm not fucking playing around here. I will fire your asses during this season as long as I have the autonomy from Mr. Davis, which he seems to have. And then you make this rookie the starter. I think it's A+. plus. Some guys are scared to do so, like Jeff Saturday did in Indianapolis last year. I thought he should have made a few other decisions that would have vaulted the locker room up a little more than he did. Even though they won that first game versus the Raiders, I was actually at the game um, in Vegas. After that, though, he couldn't win a game and muster it. I think Antonio's did a great job already by just shaking things up. And I don't know if Smitty or you agree to that, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it looks good on paper right now, but like Steve said, we kind of just got to wait and see, though. Like, I mean, I don't know what this offensive coordinator is going to do. I don't know what any of the moves are going to look like. I don't know how Aiden O'Connell is going to look. We saw the one game where he just was so many bad turnovers there. I'm a guy who actually liked Aiden O'Connell, watched him play at Purdue. You know, he was a quarterback for my guy, uh, David Bell, you know, who, you know, who, who was the receiver there. So I like Aiden O'Connell. I think he's talented. But, again, time, won't, time will tell. Like, I mean, if they go out here and they lose, you know, four straight games and, and it, it, it looks pathetic, then we'll say the moves are bad, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of just all depends. And uh, but I will say this, at least right now, you know, he does have the backing of like the, the stars and Bailey. If, if you're still on here, pull up the video of Max Crosby real quick, kind of getting his reaction to them putting uh, Antonio Pierce as the head coach right now. Last 24 hours. Clearly everyone saw last night we're making a change in our head coach. I want to start with first off, just giving my thanks to coach McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. You know, the second I got that coach McDaniels was going to be our next head coach. He reached out to me right away, ends up giving me a life-changing contract. Got a ton of respect for those guys and wishing the best moving forward. Obviously we're on to new things. Uh, we got our boy Antonio Pierce stepping in as the interim head coach. Our boy. I don't like that. Well, that, that's wording, but I will say this. Jimmy G has the yips. What I saw Monday night was a guy that no longer can operate in the pocket with people around him. He looked nervous, shaky. It, it looked like he wanted to kind of crawl into a hole. He, he, I would actually ride with O'Connell because he's actually shown some promise. But uh, you, Jimmy G right now is unplayable. Here's a couple bad. things. Here's a few things I've, I've I've heard from the inside. I'm trying to get Max on the show. I'm trying to get AP on the show. I doubt AP can get on just because of the obligations now he's taken on. But here's the thing. From what I've heard is that Aiden O'Connell, similar in body stature, delivery, if you want to you know, look at the optics, he looks like someone that's now in the building, a guy named Tom Brady. Hmm. And I'm hearing that this is where we're going to head with this because apparently Tom's been messing with him a little bit on the side. And it seems as if Tom may be having a few more influential discussions than maybe people think. So why not? If I'm Davis, why not have this guy talk to Aiden O'Connell? I on the show way back said O'Connell will be starting in, in Vegas before anybody. I, can, I hope we can find that clip and find that show. 
but I think he's going to be one of the better rookies uh, at the end of the day. Not this year, but at the end of the day when we're all talking rookie quarterbacks, I said Aiden O'Connell might be one of the better ones. Um, Jimmy G's just just it's got to be in his head at this point when you're missing wide open guys like Devontae Adams down yeah. the sideline. It's got to be that's he a was never, he was never that bad. Like I, I used to like Jimmy. I, Jimmy was like he'd make an open throw, but now it's like damn, you're just he's way off. Like, I don't know. So hey, so, uh here's the before you get out of here, Steve, I gotta ask you this thing right here. Um, this is out there, it actually was on uh Rich Eisen show, a few other shows. Um just let's hear it real quick and get your take. It's going to happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing chatter to this effect. Not that it's reporting, but when you're plugged into the NFL grapevine and you hear something like this, it's too good to keep to yourself. There's a theory out there that when the season ends, Josh Harris, the new owner, excuse me, of the commanders, is going to call the Patriots wow. and inquire about what it would take to, to get Bill Belichick. So the Patriots wouldn't fire him. The Patriots would essentially trade him to Washington and avoid any further financial obligation, get something back. Remember, they had to give up some stuff to get him when he was the Jets head coach for like a day in 2000. And so there's a thought out there Mm. that that's how this is going to go. Everybody goes in Washington. Josh Harris makes a play for Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft. First of all, I think Florio is an absolute buffoon. I got to be honest, number one. Number two... Do you think you pay any homage to that? Any merit? I mean, I, mm, I don't know, but I, I will say this. I just finished the book from Seth Wickersham. It's called Better to Be Feared. It's about, it's really well reported. I love this book. I tore through it. It's almost 500 pages. And it's about the Brady Belichick Kraft dynasty going all the way back to how Michigan uh, ended up with Tom Brady. I learned a lot about that. I did not know that USC, you Trojan fans are going to kill yourself, but he was this close to going to USC. I don't know if people know that, but John Robinson overruled Mike Riley and said, no, no, we like Quincy Woods. I remember Quincy Woods. He was this dual-purpose quarterback out of Chicago who never worked out, and Mike Riley said, I hate to do this to you, but <laughs> we just pulled your scholarship offer. I mean, so... Anyway, what, well, the thing that I learned, and it was really in the late stages of the book, it's like 50 chapters, there is or was growing resentment between Kraft and Belichick over Belichick's treatment of Tom Brady, how Tom Brady did not finish as a New England Patriot, and number two, the fact sometimes Belichick's behavior which is a lot more tolerable when you're lifting a Lombardi trophy uh, instead of not winning the Super Bowl. So I, I'm look, I'm kind of with you on Florio, but any scenario where the Patriots cut ties with Belichick, I do not think is unrealistic. And guys, where Belichick has killed himself, he's been a terrible GM. Look yep. at his last six, seven, eight drafts. He has not done a great job, especially in restocking that offensive skill position room. They have no speed outside. It's a slow, methodical room at the wide receiver spot. I I actually feel bad for Mac Jones because he's completely shackled by what's around him. And I get the sense that, yes, Belichick's time in New England is coming to an end. Smitty said the same thing um, about that, about his his GM inability. I I don't know. I, I just don't see him going to another place, though. 
like I see him either moving up in the because he did sign a contract that no one wants to talk about. He's gonna he's gonna move up the ranks and be the GM for like a Vrabel or something. That's what I see happening more than that. Yeah, by the way, guys, that book is very interesting. I I learned a lot about Tom Brady. I came away with even more respect for him. Um, I saw that book on uh, when Lewis Riddick's on ESPN and they're talking to him. He has that book behind his uh, head. Um, Lewis and I share the same agent, so I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out and and, uh, and I know you always talk about that book, so I'm gonna try I'm gonna try well, to get I'll bring it, it to you Saturday. I'll bring it to you Saturday. Are we doing right, football? Yeah. Well, I gotta see if I'm here because I might be going to Pat's. Yeah. So the one I'll of the funniest you. stories in the book, um, I didn't realize this either. Mike Riley missed out on him twice because uh, the Chargers he had become the coach of the Chargers. And his quarterback coach, Mike Johnson, they're doing these reports. They love Brady. They said, Brady's our guy. Ryan Leap is not working out, so if we're going to take a mid-round quarterback, Brady's our guy. So they tell Bobby Beathard, there's something about Brady we like. Let us develop him. But this guy can play in the NFL. So the day of the draft comes, Beathard's kind of going through it. Beathard comes into Mike Riley's office and said, all right, Mike, you're the head coach. You're a quarterback guy. If you like Brady – we're going to get you Brady. So Mike goes, okay, great. Let's wait to the fourth, fifth round. <laughs> About three hours later, Bobby Beathard, who's made a lot of great moves, to be fair, comes into the office and said, Mike, I hate to do this to you, but we're going to go another direction. Mm. And Mike Riley's quoted as saying, that day a part of me died. And you know what? So did the San Diego Chargers. You should have been a Charger and a Trojan. See how these things work out? But uh, Mike Riley knew the greatness of Tom Brady. I'm going to bring Mike on the show. Mike Johnson and I are really, really close. Uh, L.A. guy, obviously. His son was oh, okay. a Yeah, Mike's a good dude. We always yeah, I'll bring you the book, but they they flat out said we're all – you know, the thing about Brady was there, there's this uh, narrative that he never had success at Michigan, which is not true. He just got railroaded because Drew Henson was the the, the, the the prototype. But I'll never forget in his senior year, even before the Orange Bowl against Alabama, they were losing by 10 points with less than seven minutes to go in Happy Valley. I actually watched the game a couple days ago. Penn State had a defense with the number one pick in the draft, Courtney Brown, the number two pick in the draft, LeVar Arrington, uh, Brandon Short, who had a really good NFL career, David Macklin, who played on the Colts, and they, they, they had a pretty good safety by name, I think Justin or Dustin Fox. So they had like seven, eight guys, NFL. They were the number one team for about two months that year before it fell apart. But that was a loaded defense. They're down 24-14. And all of a sudden, Brady does Brady. Led them on this late comeback, making all the right throws. I mean, just ball placement. And they, they two late touchdown drives to make it 28-24. And I remember watching highlights of that game. So that Brady's not as bad as people say. So the signs were there with Tom Terrific. Mm. It is. Um Smitty, I know you had a boxing thing in here before Steve gets out of here. Um, what's well, I don't know if this was official or not. I just I was more so a question for you. Is this like official or are they still in talks? Yeah, no, no, no. The, the fight was always official. They thought they had a binding agreement for December 23rd. But because Tyson Fury stunk up the joint, um, and I guess he's a little bit too tired and he can't have – you know, two fights in one year, that would probably kill him. In his eyes, they're fight February 24th in That's Saudi Arabia. That fight's going to happen. First quarter of the year. I believe February 24th is the date that I've been told. I believe my old buddy Mike Coppinger at ESPN has reported that. 
So that fight is not canceled. It is just merely delayed. Are you still excited for that fight after seeing Tyson, like the way he looked here in this exhibition, basically? But Or, or what? Like, is that still a good fight? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's high stakes. It's still for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. And there's still intrigue. Is Fury actually a fading fighter? Did he have a bad night at the office? Will he be more focused? And we're still talking about Alexander Usyk, a natural cruiserweight, that's going to be giving away at least 45 pounds and about four or five inches. So there's a David versus Goliath uh, type of dynamic to this fight. But in the past, if you look at Otto Wallin and Steve Cunningham, smaller, athletic, quicker heavyweights have actually given Fury more problems than the big, ponderous, traditional heavyweight. So that's where the intrigue is. So that still exists with me. There it is. Hey, what's your, uh, as you leave here, uh, what's your take on any good story or your, your I guess, your most, you know, most uh, interesting or, or something that, you know, moved you? Uh, Bobby Knight, we lost a great one last yeah. night. Yeah, and you, we got to play the golf outtakes. I sent that to you, Coach. Um, for anyone that's on YouTube, just Google golf outtakes. He used to do a golf show where he would actually keep, like, golf lessons <laughs> and the outtakes i don't know if we can plan because every other word is m f and god do- I mean, we gotta play I, I was watching it late last night when i sent it to you coach i couldn't stop laughing i couldn't get to bed because i was like i re-watched it but it's the funniest thing but it's so relatable so they have these outtakes where he's in the sand trap and, you get, and he's, he's not exactly tiger woods but and he's just throwing the club, and he means he's like this motherfucker. It's just hilarious. Did the you send it to me? Yes, I sent it to you on your DM or your or your or text. Check your Twitter DM, JB, from Steve I Kim. Hit the wrong one to. It's not. It's not that one. Bailey, Hold ignore on. ignore that link, Bailey. He's gonna send it to you right now because now Hold now on, I'm on. I gotta now send this to you because literally, it's probably the funniest thing that I've seen. I I would say. This year, it, it really is. That. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna send this to you right now because I think it's. I something send it about to my Bobby. DM. Send it to my DM. In the meantime, Florio wasn't the only guy talking about this Belichick thing. As you send that, so was Rich Eisen show. Washington Commanders yesterday. Mike selling Why? like Duke and Duke. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> hey, this is Josh Harris. I think recognizing that the reset button is going to be pressed at the end of the season. And we knew going in owners don't buy teams because like, Hey, you know what? I'd like to buy a team, but I want to buy the team that employs Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew and Jason, Wright Because I want those guys working for me. I'm only buying that team. No, they buy a team and then they have their ideas as to how the team is going to be run. And the only way to change that, the only way to delay that is to win. So the commanders aren't winning. I suspect Ron Rivera very much would have liked to have Chase Young and Montez Sweat on the roster the rest of the year to try to turn this around and get the seventh seed and save his job. So basically, Florio's saying what he said on his show with Rich Eisen, but let me ask you this, Steve. Does, like, here, I got it now. I'm going to send this to... Oh, uh, please play some of it, but there's going to there's gonna be a lot of cursing. Please cover your ears if you have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a they're 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 shocked on that. We don't like cursing on this show, Steve. 
Hold on. I could just share it. Bailey, let me just share it. Let me just share it on the screen. I got the capabilities because I got big time technology over here because we're like oh. you know, ESPN around this camp. Uh, let me see. Let me pull it up. Here Bobby we go. Bobby Knight, what a legend. What, what a legend. I legend, just. Man. We need hey, more man. of him. We need more of him. Um, let me see. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> All right, let's see it. Can you hear it? You got to put up the volume. I can't hear it. Ah, don't play that way. Bailey, you're going to have to get it. Uh, you're going to have to get it, Bailey, through the deal. I got to see it now. Though. I'm too intrigued. I got to see it. So, I Bailey, mean, it's you just nine and a half minutes of some of the funniest things. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 look, I'm fascinated by Bobby Knight. I'm not saying I necessarily wanted to play for him. Um, I'm glad other people did so I could read about the experience. Um, upon learning of his passing at age 83, he lived a full life. He died peacefully around his family, so I'm happy for that. What did he um, have? Do you know? Is he sick or what? He had Alzheimer's, and his the recent appearances, you could tell that he was declining in health. But I'm glad for him, and, and thumbs up to Mike Woodson, one of his former players who's now the head coach at IU, he brought him back. He made sure that there was peace between the Indiana Hoosier basketball family and community and Bob Knight when he came back to uh, Assembly Hall back in 2020. And it was, and someone said it best. It was not only a, a, a reuniting, it was also a goodbye because you kind of knew that his life is much closer to the end than the beginning. But I, I, I found him to be a fascinating guy. And this is as someone that really was much more of a fan of UNLV, Georgetown, Michigan Fab Five, but the values and just how hard-nosed and tough he was. The guy graduated 90% of his players. He played by the rules. He was incredibly blunt and honest, and he was tough. And another book that I would recommend for anyone that wants to learn about basketball or Bobby Knight or be a sports writer, Season on the Brink by John Feinstein. Um, I, I, I just read it recently. It's one of the all-time great books. There, there's like 500 moments, guys, that make you laugh about Bobby Knight. And some of the stuff he could not get away with today, like there's this one story. There's this player on that 85-86 Indiana team by the name of Daryl Thomas. He was like a forward center, a little bit soft. And Knight would just completely get on his ass all the time. And one day, finally, Thomas... Gets tough, plays a good game in the locker room. He goes, hey, Daryl Thomas, you stitched, you finally stitched up your vaginal hole and you played tough. I'm proud of you, kid. I'm just like. It's like, is it a compliment or is it like what? Fuck me, cock fucking motherfucker. Well, welcome back to Golf Your Way. And what we're going to do today is work on the iron play. And we're going to start with the short irons and work right down through the, the long irons. And uh, I hope I've got a, another shot somewhere along the way that's like the eight or nine that I already hit. But we'll see, and we'll be back in a moment for that. I mean, that's a great fucking introduction, Peter. Jesus. We'll be back in, in just a moment to show you what you can do with your chipping around the green to improve your attitude and your score. That's a hell of an introduction, Peter. That may have been a Tony introduction. 
Today's question, Sam, comes from uh, Paul Peach, who's from down near Salisbury, where I do a lot of grouse hunting. He wants to know uh, if he uh, can get a set of clubs uh, off the fucking rack and, and they'll fit his fucking swing. I, I know, and somebody told me you never killed a bird down there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this shit's driving me nuts, Bernie's etiquette and rules. Um, Oh, this. I have it. Ah, uh, shit. God damn it. The club, coach. No, that's horse shit. We can't use that one. There, that's okay. Need to get a little no, more weight to the left. Shitty fucking shot. That's what that was. This could take us till late the fucking afternoon to get this done. I'm not going to do this. Distance. Just like that, motherfucker. Roll back down here. At this one now. Man, uh, I'm sorry, man. That, you gotta that's hilarious. No, no, you gotta watch the whole thing because it actually gets better and better and better. Oh, yeah, I got it. I'm gonna watch the rest of that. It just reminds me of JB so much, which is why another reason. I imagine I'm that's too. what Pat Perez goes through every time he plays around the golf with JB. We'll <laughs> probably be playing this weekend, Steve, because uh, that's what I'll film it. I'll film that exactly what it'll be. It'll be that with me. I just love the fact that uh, this is one of the stories. So when he started recruiting JCs, which he didn't really want to do, um, there was this one particular player, I forgot, maybe it was Ricky Callaway, but no, well, one of the players, he would actually tell the player right next to the coach, the, to Joby Wright, who was his black assistant, he was pretty popular, he goes, hey, Joby, I'm going to tell you right fucking now, you recruit another piece of shit like this, you're fucking fired, and he meant every word of it, but he said it in a nice way, I mean, the guy, he would just say, there's, there's, there's another one when he was recruiting Keith Smart, who's famous for hitting that baseline game-winning jumper. <laughs> he really didn't want to recruit him because the first time he saw Keith Smart, he was wearing gold chains. And so one of his assistants goes, yeah, but this guy's quick. He goes, hey, look, he's one of those gold chain-wearing guys. That's not going to really fit in here, okay? So, I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff that people are going to win, they're going to cry about. But look, Bobby's Bobby. You don't have to like him. Um, you didn't have to want to play for him, but but again, I think a fascinating piece of American history. The he's, general, he's still a legend. Never whether you love him, hate him, anything in between. He's a legend. A legend has gone. So man, prayers up and for his friends and family and loved ones, everybody that he's impacted. So, uh, man. Yeah, one last story from the book that I love. So every year he had this thing where all the students at an open practice they could start asking him questions. So some smart ass goes, "Hey, coach, do you think it's fair?" That your student athletes have to be drug tested, and Bobby Knight just grabs the mic. Well, if it was up to me, all you son of a bitches would be drug tested. <laughs> hey, uh, does the Will Levis experiment end tonight, or are you liking them against Pittsburgh? No, look, I, he had a great first week, and he's got a strong arm. That's always been an issue. Never been an issue. But let, let's give this – look, here's the issue. Tannehill's at the very tail end. Malik Willis needs to start learning how to run the comeback and the go route. So uh, the rest of the year, I'm like, okay, Will Tavius, you're our quarterback. Show me you can be the next draft choice. That's it. That, that, that's the trial. All right, real quick, because I got to piss. We got to take a break. Oh, uh, K-State, Texas, interesting matchup. Seven and one, six and two. Texas obviously got to win out. Um 
Texas has to win. I mean, it's no, but K State gives them fits. Uh, what do you think there? I kind of like Kansas State, especially if Malik Murphy, I believe, is going to start again. Quinn Ewers, I think it really hampers that offense overall. Kansas State is a team nobody wants to play with that style. So I, mm. I like Kansas State, and I believe even that game's still at Austin. Kansas State is a spoiler. All right. Upset pick of the week. JV's calling it right now. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Oh, really? With that offense? Yeah. I would have said that earlier in the year, but Clemson yeah, has shown me too no. much now. I don't I no longer believe in Clemson at all, man. I yeah. it's, it's all right. I think I think they'll show up for him this week. If they don't show up for him, then he's gonna be fired because that means they just totally don't want him in there. He's Josh McDaniels of college football. So I, I don't know. Um I it is what it is. Tennessee's playing the great UConn team. But what a fucking great game during the middle of the season. The SEC, again, you guys are really, really good at scheduling. Uh, Missouri, Georgia, they got any shot? That's at, that, at Georgia, no. No, not at Georgia. Uh, we got the uh, Red or we got the uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game. I like Oklahoma State, believe it or not. Ollie Gordon should be on everyone's radar. That guy is a big oak tree that can run. That guy's putting up Barry Sanders-like numbers the last couple of weeks. He's about 6'2", 220, thick. And once he gets rolling, he pulls away from people. This guy has completely changed uh, the whole outlook of Mike Gundy. People thought he was kind of on his way out. They had lost to Northern Alabama earlier this year. Ollie Gordon can get front and center in the Heisman discussion with another big game. I kind of like the Cowboys here. Um, All right. SC Washington. SC got any shot? Yes. It's at the Coliseum, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they have a shot. I th- uh, this, is a, this is a game that could salvage the season. And if they don't salvage the season, then Caleb Williams can sit out the rest of the year. The thing about it is, oh, all right. The best thing about it is <laughs> SC really has only one p- conference loss. So, like, the, people don't really realize, you know, they got two losses. They're playing bad and everything. But to be honest, they win this game. They're now in the hunt to play Oregon, right? Right. So, look, there's still a lot to play for. Yeah. Um, UCLA, Arizona. Very intriguing matchup. Arizona. I think this is – look, I like UCLA a lot. I love the front seven. Jed Fish is building something out there in Tucson. And that young kid for Tita, the, the, the quarterback. So, Tita, sorry about, yeah. He's their – look, uh, he's no longer just their backup. He's actually their future. I told you he's good. Um, Alabama, LSU, uh, probably the game of the week on everyone's radar. I don't know if it'll be good or not, but what do you think? I still like uh, Alabama at home. At home. Yeah, I'm rolling with you on that. Uh, any shot Dion's boys get Oregon State after a tough loss? Oregon State lost last week to Arizona. I still think Oregon State's too physical. They're going to grind them. Um, you want to take Purdue over Michigan? Any signs still in any issues there? Look, <laughs> that's a team you don't need to steal signs. They're going to beat Perdont like a rented mule. Hey, by the way, Steve, go to class, study hall, weight room. Make sure you're in the community doing some fundraiser things with the collectives. 
We're going to get you our own install for the week. All right. We got a lot of new fronts we're going to install over here. But here it is. We're giving you three weeks of stolen signs. You need to remember them all with all the other things you got going on. Okay. Very simple, easy thing to do. So when they're in three by one and they're in this formation, they're going to run this. And you got to remember that shit with all the other things you're doing. Who are we fucking Nostradamus and Albert Einstein mixed? Including remembering your own place and your own signals. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so over this still in sign shit. It's a mockery. Um, Steve, as always, I'll hit you up later on. Um, All right, let me know. We'll talk. All right, later. All right, Steve, appreciate you. Peace. The Korean Coast Sale. I got to piss like a Russian racehorse in Alaska. Like Kentucky Derby with a glue truck behind them. I got to piss. I got to stretch. I got to breathe. Nah, you breathe. ain't got to do all that. I'll be right back. As for, I'll be back first because, you know, here's the thing. White people, they work harder. They look shittier. And they just want to win. Brothers, they want to look pretty. Don't do no work and lose. Cap, put my hood on for that. Cap. We it's some, the most racist show in America. We some hustlers. Like we hustlers. White dudes got white dudes get hand, handed greatness. Black people gotta earn it and work for it. We gonna figure it out either way. No matter what foundation you give, we gonna figure it the fuck out. We gonna always, you know what I mean. So that's that's the reality right there. That's the reality I'm giving to you. The most racist show on planet Earth, man. Pound that like button, subscribe. Give Jimmy some money for his IRS because he owe back taxes in Kansas. And we're going to be back with more of the JB Show with Big Smitty when we return. We'll be right back. Master this talented and not have a big time fucking quarterback. Itself. Um, you know, old heads like me, it's, it's softer. It's blah, blah, blah. We're getting to this flag football in the Olympics. That's trending right now. Everyone's like, that might be the NFL soon. There's guys in the NFL, your colleagues that are kind of pissed, like, how do we hit a quarterback? How do we hit this guy? How do we hit this guy? I saw Josh Jobs break two tackles yesterday against the Seahawks on his own read. He pulled it, and it's like the two secondary force players that missed the tackles, I'm looking at it as a player and as an ex-coach, and I'm looking like, the motherfuckers don't want to tackle that dude. They're worried about either A, getting fined, B, hitting them low, high, uh, horse collar. Yeah. Cost tackle now they're trying to get rid of like it's like it's becoming very really hard on y'all to tackle a dude in open space is that even crossing your mind no nah, for me no uh we they actually be talking about in the uh, defensive meeting room like how to tackle and stuff uh obviously don't be swatting and stuff you know you hit him in the head that's a flag even though if you ain't trying to hit him trying to hit the ball and shit um Damn. Honestly, bro, I just I don't be caring. I, I just hit. I don't care if I get a flag, if I get rough in the pass, or whatever it may be, it's whatever. And if, once they're outside that pocket, it don't matter anyway. So if they're outside that pocket, they get hit. Simple as and that. That's, that's, the, that's the mindset I, I hope people have. Everybody's hitting me on Twitter like, "Well, he's out the pocket." I get it, but ain't nobody gonna blast Mahomes running wide open either. Like cats have that like, oh, you know they're gonna get a flag, and then you're gonna get blackballed in the league because you blasting Mahomes. Like, is that a real thing, though? Like, the, the, the naysayers, you know, look at that? Right, they definitely do. And, like, obviously, you got, like, certain players that you respect, and it's like, okay, I might not, I might not like, actually off them, but I'm still going to get a good piece of them and stuff. So, I mean, you just got to pick your battles, bro. But I, me, I, if I see you, I'm, I'm like, you know, like, me and Joe played together, and playoff game, I try to kill Joe on the sideline. So, I mean, it's like, it just comes to the game. Like, you either love the game or you don't, honestly. Blah, blah, blah. But people don't understand, we're talking – 
milliseconds we're making decisions and trying our best to follow the rules because we're not naive like we we don't want to get fined 30 40 grand like we're not stupid but that's a perfect football play and now this guy's getting made out to be something he's played that way his whole career three years ago that would have been talked about as a great play five years ago that's that's a play that gets him in the pro bowl like seriously that's a that's an amazing play for his team even though he still caught it like that's a great football play both he caught it held on to it Kareem made a threw it in there try to dislodge the ball there's nothing dirty about that but that that's what it is now it's it's so hard and bad to watch the the play that happened on Thursday night the 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 roughing the passer I can't remember I just turned the game off because this is this is not what the game's supposed to be Nah, it's, it's getting bad, man. Like I said, we you know we had Patrick Queen on, and he said, "Listen, I I still go out there and, and I still fly around, and I still hit. They give me if they find me, they find me, but I can't really go out there and hesitate and and think no. so much because yeah, you'll end up hurting yourself or you'll exactly. break a play and and someone will score on you. So it's kind of it's tough. I don't know how guys can go out there and and not think about it and, and not you know um, just have it on the back of their mind. Yeah, um, right here. Yep, that's right." So then I got killed for that. And you and pulled, like, you kind of pulled up a little I bit. I did. And I'm like, I don't know where the ball is, guys. Like, how can I go back to the locker room and look oh. my teammates in the face if I don't finish that play? Like, you, you guys are stupid to think I should be able to hold up right here. I should be able to take every factor and have eyes in the back of my hand, head, to see where that ball the, went. The, chain, like, the game don't change for me. I'm a, I'm, I live in the trench, and I always have. So yeah. the only thing that I can't do really is high low. So it what it since I have this problem all the time. We talk about it all the time. Why is my brain and neck and shoulders not as important as the skill players? And then why are they what what is with the pussification of the skill players? But then we glorify the physicality of the big guys. Why do we have this double standard in the National Football League where it's like a triple standard? You have rules for the quarterback where he's like treated like a punter. If you touch him or blow on him, he falls over. I wonder how quarterbacks feel about them being called punters. You have rules for the skill players. Like the running back can't lower his head to use it as a weapon, and neither can the safety, but the guard can, and the fullback can, isoing a mic. So the it's impossible to abide by all these rules because, number one, I don't think the players know all of them, and they're always changing the fucking goalposts. They're moving the goalposts all over the damn field. You wonder and, why we're not wrapping up anymore, Matt? We're just fucking throwing our head in there? Well, that that's the thing is they, instead of trying to tackle people, are now trying to shoulder lead and blow people up. And in my opinion, a good that that tackle that Leonard threw on the pressure is, like, perfect. Face perfect. up, head back, into the quarterback's chest, wrap him, put him into the ground, but don't like lift him and drive yeah, him. He, he didn't well, lift him and jump. He didn't do nothing yeah, extra. This was a bang, bang play. He could do that. And, like, and, that was but he didn't do that. Here's, Here's what Weddle said. And Matt, you understand. When... Back in the building first. Huh, if you're not first, you're last. Um, is what it is. Um, let me catch up on some stuff here. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Antonio N- Natal said, This fool's always on break. 
Well, your ass ain't never paying to fucking be a member, motherfucker. So guess what? I'm going to block your ass. You got two minutes to become a member. Or I'm blocking your motherfucking ass. Why, though? You an OG. I expect more from you. This ain't no podcast. This is a show. Yeah, this is a show. There ain't no podcasting, Wido. The disrespect from Wido on this show has become glaring. He 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 dominated my co-host in rapping. My rap, oh. my, my co-host got mad and upset. <laughs> what does that Cat. mean? Cat? Cat. I mean, you just spit all over the camera. It was some. I mean, a Pima and Jay sound so the bread flew in my mouth. You can't, you can't, eat, you can't eat. You can't eat on the show. I can't even, my fault. I throw it away. I'm just kidding. Uh, 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 uh hey, Big Space is, is like, if I was serious, he really like subordinate and shit. Like he really would have did it. Listen, man, I, I'm a disciplined cat. You know, I follow rules if they make sense. Um, in order to be a great leader, you got you have to be a great follower too. You know what I'm saying? And at some at some point in everybody's life, you do have to follow. You know what I mean? So until it's your turn, so I'm all good. It's all good. Hey, hey uh, um, my guy Bailey, I'm gonna send you a link before the show is over because I remember yesterday I teased you guys. I remember two days ago I teased you guys about my short film, and then nobody believed me that I actually had one. So nah, I'm gonna you know, watch it, and they was giving you props. Who watched it? All kind of people in the Discord. They were they were reposting it. I'm lying. Yeah, real shit. You don't check the Discord. Hey, don't give no money to Big Smitty, everybody. He don't even pay homage to you, Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, be real. Be real, JB. That Discord confusing the shit. Like, oh, it's a I lot. can't even find anyone. There's like 20 of them. I don't know which one is which. I don't know which one's the main one, which was the side one. I don't know. So, I, I mean, I, I communicate in like one or two of them every now and then, but it's too many. You know what I'm saying? So... I don't really know. But before the show we I want to show a one-minute snippet of, like, you know, it's a piece of it, you feel me? So, no rush. I'm going to send it to Bailey so he got it. But uh, let's keep the show going, JB. Man, can we do some hell yeah, hell no's? We ain't do that in two weeks. Yeah, because you don't do, you don't produce the show, really. <laughs> That's true. That is true, man. I like, switched the face around. You're not really doing the show like he once was. Like, it's crazy. Like, the, we, you know what I'm saying? You focus on Fox and shit. You really got to throw in me a little sidebar bone. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm going. Right. I'm That's why my tire might pop. Don't I know. could do a little better on the producer side. I will admit that. I will admit that. Just, it be, like maybe, our, maybe my tire Maybe my tire breaks. Maybe my our tire show, Our show be so just kind of like, you never know what can happen. We're going to find a real producer, though, in the spring. So the second quarter of this year, which is going to be spring coming up, NBA talk. We're going to still have spring football. We may go to some spring games. We're going to produce that shit like fine night. We're going to have a real like – it could be it'd be the second part of this year. See what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Even though it's a new year, it's going to be the second part of the quarter for us. But we got to really listen to the producer, though, JB. That's the thing. It's one thing to produce it and say segments yeah, and time. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm another thing to be like, all right, motherfucker, it's 6.30. We're moving on to the next one. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I'm going to be real. Your boy, done, your boy done script this shit, detailed out 6.30 to 6.50, 7 o'clock, boom. You know, at this time, even today's show, it's a few topics of that, that, that. I had saved in the arsenal that we did earlier in the show. But it's all about adjusting. It's all about adjustments and moving on. It's all good, man. It's all I got to do a better job at reading the work you put in. <laughs> That's the thing. I know See, Derek. We, we, we not friends, so, like, you know, we don't really talk before the show. We don't do – look at Derek. Derek, you see my rundown, Derek. I be putting down, like, I be – 
That's why I simplified it yesterday. I said, fuck it. We're going to do it in three-hour blocks. Hour one, let's hit these topics, no matter what the order is. Hour two, these topics. Hour three, these topics, and boom. Keep it simple. Because I feel like that works better for our show. Because me and you both, like, we'll be talking about one thing. We'll go to something else. And it kind of just goes back and forth. So, see, for us, it makes it more sense. Hey, who is this cat, Jose Mario? Jose, who are you, homie? I think you're a bitch. I'm going to be real. I think you're a bitch. I think you're a troll and a bitch. Who are you? Why you want to know about my motherfucking daughter, homeboy? Why are you talking about all this other old shit? You sound like a straight bitch to me. So get your bitch ass out of here. I don't like bitch made cats. Um, so let me ask you something. Cut all that out, Bailey. So we send it to the ad sponsor later. Um, <laughs> got- <laughs> um hey, you're right about that, Ellers. Realest show on planet Earth. Don't follow scripts. That's what it is. Why we're real. <laughs> it is, man. Why we're it real. Is real. It is real, man. We doing our damn thing, man. Pound that like button, subscribe, donate to the to the fund of JB. He, he you know, he owe a lot of taxes right now, so Make sure you help him out. Don't worry about me today. I'll get my money some other way. I'm a, I'm a black man. I'm a brother. I can go hustle. I can go do what I got to do. So but help That's out. You know, you know, we're all freestyle. Why do Why do We got to get Wido back on the show. Make him part of this show uh, during the spring. It's basketball. Why don't know some basketball? We can bring him on. You know, he can't, what I'm he can't really hoop, though. Yeah. Why don't you hoop? We bang on you. No, you won't. No, you won't. I mean, I told him he won't bang on me, but he, he'll, he'll try to bang on you. I seen him. He got boosties. I foul shit out of White. He tried to come come into pain. I close like shit out of White. little ass. Yeah, he be pissed <laughs> off at me. Shit, you know what I mean. So why though must be high though if he think he can fly high oh on me. Let me stop playing, man. I'm not playing right now, man. I'm just giving a little te- a teaser what I can do. I be th- I be throwing bars for real, man. I be throwing real bars, man. But anyway, back to what I said. Can we do a hell yeah hell no, JB? Or are you scared? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We gonna freestyle this too. Hell yeah, hell no. Brought to you by Prize Picks. Go make your picks on tonight's game. Thursday night football, Steelers, and Titans. Hell yeah, hell no. Ryan Tannehill will never start again. Hell yeah, hell no. I'm going to go with hell yeah. This is why I say hell yeah. Hell yeah that he's they're moving on. They have to. Okay. He could still start because of injury to either Will Levis because he doesn't have another protection or the front or whatever and gets blasted and gets put out the game and they have to put him back in. But as far as where I think Rabel's going, I think he's done. I think they're moving on. Whether it's Will Levis or not for the future, I don't know. But I think they're going to move on from from Tannehill for sure. Mm, You know what? I – I'm going to say, hell yeah. Um, like, And when I ask this question, I'm saying I don't think he's going to be an actual full-time starter for any other team the rest of his career. Like, He might get an opportunity where like someone gets hurt and he has to fill in, but I don't think another team is going to be like, you know what? We're trying to move forward in our franchise. Bring us Ryan Tannehill to start for us. I think he's past that point in his career. I think he's shown um, too much that, that he's an average quarterback or below average quarterback at times. And I just think that he'll probably be a backup for majority of his career moving forward. That's my opinion right there, Debbie. Um, all right. You got another one? Hell yeah or hell no. Right now, today, 
Tyreek Hill is the MVP of the NFL. Hell yeah, hell no. Um, Ooh, I got them thinking. I got them thinking, y'all. I ain't never, JB ain't never been shook like this. I mean, it's really clear for me, no. Hell to the no, because he's had a couple games where he's been really nothing, and uh, he's had huge games where he's dominated, but. He got a thousand receiving yards in eight games, never done before ever. I know. So is Julio. Julio Jones is about or Julio Brown. I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> fuck's his name? Antonio Brown. AJ, AJ Brown. AJ gonna, Brown got like nine eighty-five. Is he close? He's going to do it this game. So he's going to get a thousand too. And Eagles don't throw the ball over the park like Miami does. Um, I think Max Crosby right now, to be honest, is the best football player in the world. Crazy to say. It's crazy. It's my boy and all, and I didn't – he's really – he really is. Because he – like, to me, he, like, is just, uh, like, he's old school gritty. He's a backyard hustler. He wants to hustle to every single football play. He don't take a play off. He's super hyped and energetic. He he resonates. Like, his play resonates. It goes it, – it, it, permeates let me use that word permeates throughout the whole fucking institution locker room and school or an organization and everyone on the field feels him i look at mvp as if are you making everybody better i think max crosby makes the raiders better even though he don't play offense he makes them want to play offense like that's crazy to me um miles garrett doesn't make that cleveland brown team excited to play in my opinion like max crosby does um I don't know who the MVP would be, though, man. I'm looking around, thinking it's, about It's not a quarterback right now because, to yeah, your point, bro, quarterbacks have not been balling out this year. So I'm like, this no, might no. be the year that might a non-QB be. actually wins MVP. Yeah, it might be. Um, who else would they give it to? I, I mean, you mentioned A.J. Brown, which I think right now is a fair one. Obviously, Tyreek. I do think Crosby. I think Miles Garrett. They'll never give it to a defensive guy, though. I know. But I'm just saying, I mean – Quarterback wise, I guess Tua will be the uh, only quarterback I think you would even consider. And the guy is getting him the ball. <laughs> Shit. Exactly. You know, you can't. Jen Hurst throwing way too many picks. Dak ain't been playing that great. Mahomes ain't definitely ain't been playing that great. Lamar, they were talking about it, but he's just too up and down. That's the only problem with Lamar. He's had his really great games. He had his mid games. Um, I mean, that's kind of been the whole lead, but I think Lamar's been a little bit too more too dramatic with that. So I think quarterback wise, it would have to just be. Tua, I think, as of today, right? Ah, shit. Hurts, maybe on the outside in because they're winning. Nah, Hurts are thrown. He, he, he's like he's like top in the league in like turnovers. I think all oh, the picks he's thrown and fumbles. I know. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know. He got like eight touchdowns, nine touchdowns total. enough. You know, golf was on pace, and then he struggled last few. Um, how about um? How was uh 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 Gino been playing? He ain't been balling like yeah. Yeah, they're winning and stuff, but he's not putting up Gotti number. Hey, he's throwing for 350 a couple times, but he's not just yeah. People are saying CMC, he won't, yeah, CMC, CMC potentially, especially if the Niners bounce back and get back rolling. CMC has been playing very well as long as he stays healthy, so that's probably CMC. Yeah, Cousins was balling, but obviously, as we know, he's out, you know, so it's like, man, I don't know, man. It's, it's uh, weird year. There's a speech I have not heard. I haven't heard it. Everybody wants to play it. I, I've seen Matt repost it. I, you know, he was like, "This hurts me to show this because I'm, you know, he hates the corn 
the corn side of things in Nebraska. But this uh, rule video, I don't know if you've seen it. As you walk out check this it tunnel, out. man, as you walk out this tunnel for the first time, the University of Nebraska, <laughs> we, we have a pink ribbon on the back of our helmets. And obviously that's that's for all the, the wives, the moms, the sisters that have been affected by breast cancer, man. But it's, it's even greater than that. It's a way for us to honor those in our lives, our mom, our grandma, our, our girlfriend's mom, our aunt, the people in our lives who have fought for us. Because ain't none of us here of our own accord. Picking you up, taking you to school, fighting for you, taking a second job, battling, maybe keeping you away from the hard things in your life. She took it on so that you could just be a kid. Who is that for you? Who is that for you? Maybe it was your dad. Maybe it was a coach. But, man, they fought for you. They were warriors for you. These women that fight this, this battle, they're warriors. I saw it with my mom. I saw, I, I watched my mom battle breast cancer. I saw my mom fight. I watched my wife's mom fight. Knowing she probably was never even going to win the fight. Knowing that eventually she'd be up in heaven. Man, she, she was just fighting for 10 more minutes with her grandkid. Mm. 10 more minutes. She taught me how to fight. Who taught you how to fight? Who taught you how to be a warrior? A warrior doesn't need a weapon. A warrior is the weapon. You guys are warriors. You've been taught to fight. So as you take that field, fight for yourself, fight for what you want, fight for each other, but just remember who went to war for you in your life. Remember the woman that went to freaking war for you in your life, who sacrificed for you in your life. And whatever your job is today, standing there and cheering or catching a touchdown, man, do it without fear. Because every single day that my mom woke up fighting that battle, she had to do it with all the fear in the world, but put it aside to make sure my ass was good. That's who I go fight for today. As you walk up that tunnel, you see the ones that you love, look them in the eye. Don't tell them you love them. They're not here to watch you win. They're here to watch you play. They're here to watch you be you. And some of us don't have our moms here. I don't have my mom here. My mom's watching somewhere across the country. She's going to feel my joy. Some of us don't have our moms alive anymore, or grandma, whatever. That's my wife. But she's going to honor the way that her mother taught her to fight. This ain't emotional. This is joy, man. We're here because of the ones that love us. So if, if you don't have family here today, walk by my wife, walk by, by my daughters. You got family. If you don't have someone here today, Mrs. Piper's here. Her son's not here, but she's here for us. Us. One word from Miss Viper. Give one word. Yeah! I don't know if that's for the. Is that pregame? I don't know. I think it's pregame. So I just saw it yesterday, kind of going all over the place. I don't know what it's about or what it's for. Um. So. It's like a pregame. I mean, definitely no middle of the game or no postgame situation. It looks like it was a pregame. You know what I'm saying? Good. I mean, powerful speech. Powerful speech for sure. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm not hyped. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know how to fuck a moment, though, Dr. JV. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying. I, shit. I, Everybody I, in the chat tearing up. Chris Chris is crying right now and shit. And fucking, I see uh, Ty Bissett and Ron. They're emotional and shit. Fucking wiping their faces off. And then it was a moment of silence, real quiet. Yeah. And then JB said, 
I ain't fucking hyped. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know what the context is. I don't know if it's before a game or I don't know. Like, TJ too nasty for you. If you lost someone to cancer, you can relate. Well, yeah, my dad died in my arms. I kind of fucking understand it. Here's the issue. Don't talk to me about cancer. I don't wear, let my players wear pink. It's a distraction. Period. It's a distraction. Let's keep it 100. This is the soft culture y'all have created. It is a distraction. Let's not worry about wearing the pink. Let's go do something about the fucking people that wear the pink. Like, do something for Why them. Why can't two things be true? Why can't you bring awareness by doing do a small wear- act and also do stuff? Why do I need to wear pink to do that? You don't have to. You don't need to do anything. But you can bring. A, it's just a small way to bring attention. People know when we see pink now, we know all oh, breast cancer awareness. Because otherwise, sometimes I, I'm gonna be real with you. I go through my day to day, and I'm just kind of forget that it's it's this time of the year, or is this or is that. So when I see that, I'm like, ah, oh, damn, it is breast cancer awareness. I, I, I do. I rather do other things that are really meaningful instead of wear pink that no kid really gives a fuck about. Like, I, hear, I hear that. I hear that. But maybe yeah. it's not really about the kids. It's about the attention that it's bringing to the cause. And you are right. Yeah, you're, you're, distraction. Your so, bigger actions and actually going out and trying to do stuff. Yeah, of course, that's that's a better thing, whatever. But ultimately, I'm not going to down somebody or, or an action for trying to bring awareness. So you could do something that's, again, bigger, more powerful, whatever. Cool. Go do that. But don't but don't necessarily diss the person who's doing something on a smaller scale. At the end of the day, yeah. the goal is to try to improve, bring awareness and attention to like, all do, these things. Do something. The, 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 the attention is the distraction. Let's just be clear. But you need that attention first before an action happens. If nobody cares or knows about said thing, there won't be any action at all. These ki- Yeah, they will. You just got to do it quietly. These kids that wear pink, they do it year-round now, if you haven't noticed, because it is an attention-seeking generation. they rather have the pink people look at them and then the rainbows and all these different colors because that's what they do. They don't just do it in October no more, dog. Let's keep it real. These kids wear pink from fucking January to January. Like, this kid, they want attention. It ain't about, you think they're really out here fucking grinding for cancer patients and fucking t- uh, breast cancer awareness and shit? I How think people who, who have right lost a family member who's close are, but yeah, I agree. A lot of players, I remember in high school, we wore pink. A lot of players before the game were just trying to swag out and find ways to like look good with it. So I, I understand that, but I think what you're missing is, it's not about those high school players or college players who was wearing the pink. It's about the people who are watching it who have been affected by it or have a family member who have passed away or been sick or whatever, just bringing in a just a, 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 a subconscious or conscious attention to it. Like, okay, that this is something that's going on. Now, yes, take that take that attention and go do something about it if it's something that, that you're truly passionate about. But I'm saying you still need that first piece of attention in order to really bring awareness to it. There's so much shit going on in the world, JB, that you can't impact everything. You can't fix everything. But exactly. everyone has something that's important to them, that matters to them. And if you can bring a little bit of more extra attention to that cause, let's not, let's not, let's not talk. Hey, can we, well, can we keep it real? Can we keep yeah, it real? Like, a lot of my family's died of cancer and I, I, I talk to people with cancer all the time. I've never met one motherfucker that we're trying to help watch a football game because they're wearing pink. Not one. And I've asked, I've done research. I've never seen one motherfucker watch a game because they're wearing pink. And the fucking attention of the pink is allowing them who are battling for their lives to really turn on a game because the fucking field has a pink ribbon on it. Like, 
the shit blows my mind. The optics blow my fucking mind that we're sitting here talking about this because this is what the cool part is. D Jones said, aren't you about swag and don't you want to wear, you wore gold cleats and black unis. The fuck's that got to do with fucking wearing pink? Like, I'm trying to figure out how the fuck that has to do with anything swagged out. Like, I, mean, I, get, I get what you're saying. Like, technically speaking, wearing pink isn't actually doing anything. I get it. Like, duh. Like, duh. I never allowed it. Oh, dog, you talk about taking heat? I didn't allow it in high school. You talking about taking heat? But guess what? TJ, you in here? Latrell, you in here? High school, former high school players of mine. They bought into it, dog. They were like, hell yeah, I see why coach wants to do it. We see it. Every team we saw that wore fucking pink, we mud stomped. I can't relate. And, and you know what? The teams that wore pink that we mud stomped, they didn't cure cancer, dog. They didn't fucking bring a bunch of money to the cancer patients. I didn't see them do anything for breast cancer. Not one fucking thing. But guess what? They got mud stomped by us that didn't wear pink. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this, though, JB. You guys didn't play the right team. You guys would have played uh, my squad. We would have been pinked out. We would have beat y'all ass. So that's all I'm just going to say. We, on, would have been, we beat ass. No we we beat have, ass. No balls. You we couldn't come out here Look it up. Support. It's a fact. I'm not even talking shit right now. Some things people get emotional about because like, it, it, it hits your heart. Not what I'm saying is a fact. My high school team would have beat the hell out of y'all with all You're talking to a cat that recruits the nation, Come on, man. Stop. You got to take your homework glasses off. Can I be real? I have fucking 15 plus Division one guys on my team. I'm not putting that in the homework glasses off. My whole fucking front four D1. My linebacker D1. My second D1. Big T, SEC, Mac, Big East. Like, I ain't no homer. It's a fact. Don't get your feelings hurt. Don't get your feelings hurt. So, can we agree before I say this? That I kind of know about recruiting and the country's high schools. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. So I only have 300 kids, Division One, and I've recruited the nation. Okay, so I, I know a little bit. All right, he'll, he'll give me that. <laughs> Warren Central wouldn't beat the worst fucking inner city L.A. high school team or the worst fucking team in Bakersfield, California, or the good. worst fucking team in Las Vegas, homie. And that's Literally, just real talk. I'm just being honest with you. That's like, real talk. I'm just giving you real shit. No, but you're not giving me real talk. Like it is. I, How are you gonna tell me it's not? Because JB, you I for real. I, I really expected a year, homie. Paulie, JB, I expected more. I expected more out of you than this, JB. Thirty. Thirty. JB, do you know my senior year? We were ranked top fifteen in the country. Exactly. The country, not the state, not the city. You know that type. So you're telling me there's 6,600 high schools that play 11-man football. You're telling me there's a guy that goes around and ranks every single one It's accurate? I hear you. <laughs> of course. Of course. But hold on. You can't use that. But then as soon as a Cali school was ranked number one or number two, we want to praise them. Keep it all the way fucking consistent on, then. Uh, That's not keep it real. You trying to put one no on modern day and Bosco's level, homie. Get I'm saying no. No, I'm saying same energy. How do I know modern day is the best school? One of them motherfuckers got upset this year and fucking to a Hawaii team or some shit. One of them motherfuckers did. So I don't know. I, who knows if everybody don't play each other. All I'm saying is you cannot sit, sit here with a straight face and tell me that the worst team in fucking Bakersfield, Vegas, and inner city LA would have beat our ass. You just said because we went to in, we were in Indiana and y'all don't, don't respect Indiana football state. I know football too. I'm sorry. I didn't coach as long. I didn't do it. 
I know football too, JB. I'm younger, sure, but I've been around the game too. I've been around a lot of fucking talent at, at different levels. I know talent as well. And I'm telling you, I had dogs around me. I'm not just saying because I went there. If my school was shitty, my school was shitty, I didn't say Ball State would be Bama. I'm not fucking crazy. My my first two years of Ball State was really good. Second two years was fucking shitty. But at Warren Central, we had dogs. Cincinnati, Notre Dame, IU, Georgia, Purdue. I'm talking all around the fucking field. That's a fact. Look it up. It's Googleable. It would have got scary, JB. It would have got scary when we would have played y'all. I'm sure if we compared your years to the years out here, it's not. it'd be laughable. But what does that have to do with right now, though? All I'm saying is, JB, it would have got scary. And you know, another thing that would have got that, that gets a little scary is my scary? short film. Cool. Another thing that got scary is my short film. Bailey, can you show the people real quick a snippet of my scary short film so people can know how I get down in the acting world? Oh my, God, this. my phone ran out of battery. I was in the car. I was about to call you, man. I just need, I need a little shape, just real quick. You ain't got no car charger? No. <laughs> Why did you call me? <laughs> oh. How little are you? <laughs> I cannot post that. I'm dead ass. Wait, wait. Oh, there you go. Oh, start right here. Start right here. Start right here. Start right here. Yeah, yes, start right there. Oh! Wait up, dog. Is this some Dwight Howard shit? This motherfucker want to be actor like Who's that? Jalen Hurts? It's time to wake up, Sounds like my brother JJ. Jordan Jones. <laughs> wake up, nigga! You Vic, Vic, Vic. You, oh yeah, no, no, Vic now. Vic, Vic, uh, I, listen, I was, um, I was gonna call you, man. You was gonna call me? You see a new barber, you think you're gonna find out this? My phone ran out of battery, I was in the car. I was about to call you, man. I just need, I needed a little shape just real quick. You ain't got no car charger? No. <laughs> Why did you call me? I don't wanna hear none of that shit. Terry! Terry can't oh. take, Terry taking a nap right now. Ain't that right, Terry? Whatever you about to do, man, you gonna have to do this. Oh, we go way back, man. I thought we I thought we was closer than we were. But we close. I'm trying to have a conversation. I want oh. to understand why you did this to me. Okay, okay, okay. I just don't like your barbershop, man. You don't like my barbershop? Bro, you never honor appointments. You always late, man. Even if you not late, you end up being doing something that make me late, man. When, when, when was I late? Remember my appointments at 10.30 in the morning. Okay, and? I got off the chair at like 2 p.m., man. I was late for my Foot Locker interview. Foot Locker? I thought you like finish on. I do. I like both, but please. Let you go. Let me go. You behind my back. I thought you were loyal to the soil. How are you going to move forward? Look, I just think that it's best if we just just go our separate ways. Okay. No, 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 no. You know what, Marcus? I'm so glad you finally opened up to me. Took you a long time to say this. By respect, um, we about to get copyright. Hey man, nah, it ain't kip, it, it, It's my shit. It's, it's me and my team. Shout to my brothers, man. My boy Justin, man. Jordan, you put out Tubi. You put out Tubi, man. Right now, it's getting shopped around to different film festivals. We just got accepted into one, man. So we gonna see what happens with that. 
Hey, I They said that's the black broke back mountain. Man, y'all better stop playing for you get the black fist from Big Smitty and knock you motherfuckers out in the chat. You saw about this people it's so easy to talk shit in the chat. But they see me in person. Oh, so Big Smith, you, hey man, you on the JB show? You don't speak for yourself, man. Nah, oh, that's cap. The cold part is they, they, they just gonna hate because they're not doing nothing. Come on now, man. It's called No Walk Ins. It's a funny, scary movie where basically I'm a barber, I'm a crazy barber, and the guy, uh, basically went to another barber and I found out about it. and I was pissed off. So that's kind of the funny storyline behind it. Man, I can't believe it's 9 o'clock. I didn't even know. Um, yesterday, we showed a very, very disturbing mama, Mexicans, took their kids to, and stole a bunch of candy in a, in a, in a nice area. Remember that? Yeah. Um, we got a little bit of uplifting video. I want to just show you real quick. This is a kid, Smitty, that came upon an empty empty bowl and he saw other folks coming and he took his own candy and put it in the bowl for the next of people coming young brother right there young brother raised right are you, are you still are you still cool with your take yesterday that went viral that everybody's mad at you about did it go viral i didn't even look at it. Are you are you still with the same take that you're cool with the Mexicans tilling everybody's candy? I never said I hate when y'all misread what I never said I was okay with it. I'm saying I blame the lazy house owner for putting a big ass bucket of candy outside instead of keeping it traditional, letting them knock on your door and you handing candy the way you're supposed to do. So what, what's the difference? Position to happen. What's the difference? This kid filled up a thing that he didn't have to do. That's great, but I'm saying don't expect so much out of people so there will be stories where you get a, a good young man like that who's raised right who's gonna give to you and not take but there's also for every giver there's a taker and you can't put yourself in position to be taken from can i get an amen just like amen. you said with colorado don't bring your chains to an area where they take chains let me say it one more time for the people back do not bring your chains to a location where they snatch chains. That is the West Coast. So I'm not blaming them for wearing the chains, but I am blaming them for not thinking that the West Coast did not have savages who take chains. So to bring it back full circle, I'm not saluting and praising it. the Mexicans. The Mexicans, I'm saying the house owner should not put that kids or family the hit his house whatever in the position in the first place and i'm done that's your offering bucket to the, hey, to the Mexicans, hey Mexicans be stealing i mean white people still black people still Mexicans white people still. perfect white people perfect Mexicans be stealing brothers be wanting just accept everything given to them um, it's a racist show, y'all. Pound the like, R A C C I I S S, racist. Make sure you pound that like button, subscribe, become a member today. CoachABStore.com. Go get you some fresh merch. You can't get one of these, but you can get something else. And uh, best show on planet Earth. Much love, Lucy, for being Mexican, Kelly, for being racist. And why those in the building for coming in 
And, uh, you know, we have to drop a few bars this week. Maybe tomorrow, Wido, you ain't doing nothing. I'm going to hit you up. We have to have, come on and have a little battle rap. <laughs> um, Smitty, calm down. I just saw you on a, on a video. It looked like a 70s porn movie uh, starring Dwight Howard. We're going to break that oh, down yeah. tomorrow. Full go. Um, pound the like button. Subscribe. Become a member. Pound that like. Get 500 likes in here. Easy. And uh, we'll see you for Fired Up, Fearless, and Free Game Friday all in one. Tomorrow we'll have a Raiders, a Raiders journalist on the show. Jeff Nadu, Big Matt McChesney. Really? We got it all. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. <gasps> Oops, pound the like. You don't tell me shit, man. We out of here, man. Peace. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missed, and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB.